I'm a reasonable guy, but I've just experienced some very unreasonable things. Hey everyone, welcome to Very Unreasonable Things. This is our second year, first episode of year two. Josh, Daniel, how's it feel? Have a year in the books? It feels great. Happy Josh, to be here. Happy to be here. I mean, it, 22 episodes in one year wasn't bad, I don't think, for just for us messing around with something. So. You know what's better than 22 episodes? Uh, um, 24 well 24 episodes what we actually did but yeah pretty good for three guys that had no experience and probably don't really add any insight to the movies we talk about yeah well, 24 is good too yeah it's a pretty good selling point for the podcast bo well i mean this is the same shit you say all the time too when we're talking about the podcast i told i just paid you a compliment and then you get defensive jesus wept almighty I just said, great insight. <laughs> anyway, A plus summary. So, way to fir- go. First episode of year two, we're going to be talking about Friday the 13th. The third movie in the series of, uh, not not the third movie in Friday the 13th, obviously, but the third movie in our series that we're doing, right, Josh? <clears throat> That'd be correct. I mean, you got to keep yes. track on it. I know you got the list and. Yeah, you know, I'll fucking forget like which Somewhere one's which. around here. So it's I keep mine in my head. <laughs> just, just like your use your illusion two set list that or use your illusion set list that finally popped up miraculously. Yep. Bro- Did you see it, Josh? Did you look over it whenever I sent it to you? Um No, but I'm gonna go back and do that. He, he Yeah, just- yeah. I, I, yeah, I think you sent it like during like jet lag as sort of Fucked me up. He sent a, a text to, to his son to make it look like he had tried to send it to his <clears> two years ago. I mean, you know, his son's smart, so he made it look made the dates look different than what it really was. January third, two thousand twenty two. He's like, "Oh, hey, here's my list. I did do it." Well, well, give people a little bit of backstory on this. I mean, anybody listening to this that would have no hey, idea actually, what the fuck you're talking about. Actually, you know what? What we're about to do right now. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. This is a surprise Daniel event, everyone. <laughs> First episode of season two. Let's do it. Here's what we're about to do. I'm going to look at um our chat. And I'm going to read it. And then let you guys shit all over it. And then defend why I have an opinion about something I like more than another song. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Well, B- uh, Bone or Daniel, give give people a little okay. backstory on this. Okay, yeah, I was, I, yeah, I was I, going I, to right before. I got this. Go ahead, you Bone. Find, I, find I, your, I know you got this. Find your, you want to tell your version, of course. Find your, go ahead, the Bone. correct the version, the, the version that me and Josh know. Yes, the correct version. So we had this idea. Otherwise, one time. known as the truth. 
Yes, exactly. 100%. <laughs> so we had this idea one time that we were going to make a set list out of the two Use Your Illusion albums from Guns N' Roses. And we were going to pare it down to a certain number of songs. And there were certain rules in place. We're going to just compare set list and kind of decide who had the best set list. It, w- so, it wasn't a certain uh, <clears throat> number of songs. It was the was uh, amount you, had, you could minute time. Yeah, you had CD. a time limit. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, it was. You could uh, only go over eighty. You couldn't go over eighty seconds because I ended up at seven. I mean, uh, eighty no, seconds. My bad, Jesus Christ. Eighty uh, minutes because mine got up to uh, seventy-eight minutes. So yeah, you had to make your list and it had to fit within what a regular CD could hold. So this was taking a double album and essentially bringing it down to a single album. And just paring it down. So your personal best of user your illusion one and two. And then yeah, your favorite songs, but then also the sequence and the order mattered because it had to flow. So me and yeah. Josh did our list. And they were they were good. You know, they um Josh's was good, mine was good, and Daniel never did one. And then, you know, like a <laughs> year or two later, Daniel just pops up out of nowhere talking about hey man, y'all remember what you did talking about. Do y'all remember when we did them uh, Use Your Illusion list? And we're like, what fucking list did you do, buddy? I got mine. I got Josh's. It's in our fucking group text. You can see him. He's like, no, nah, man, I did them. I sent it to you. And he kept swearing up and down that he did this fucking list and couldn't produce it, couldn't show it to anybody, couldn't back up anything he was saying. And my, just kept my, on. my explanation of what was going on in this time was going to be a lot less aggressive towards you. <laughs> I was just going to say, in the group chat, we talked about the best of the whatever. Got to be under 80 minutes. What do you got? Make the order matters. Well, that's because you uh, just kept trying to essentially tell me and Josh that we had lost our minds. You're like, no, man, my list is in there. It's in there. Yeah, it's I ended there. up being wrong. But the question is, did I ever do one? And well, the answer to he, that is yes. Yeah, so you say you did one, but I still say that you brought Hayden into your life. All right, so my, the, I think that it was a good thing that you went first. So now they can hear the uh, the truth. That was so the I truth. I did fuck up. Because <laughs> it was the group chat between us three and Mitchell. And we had already done a couple of this before. And this was the last one that one of you had talked about. I forget which one of y'all came up with this. But uh, anyway, and then I did mine and sent it in. But I didn't send it to y'all. I thought I did, but I sent it to Hayden instead. Because I was looking for, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Very, very convenient. So you, yeah. you, you went from yeah. sending it to a group of four people to sending it to your son and then well, try yeah, to make- because I'm not like you where I have every song in the ready to queue up in my memory. You know, I had I sat down and listened to these albums. What does that got to do with being able that. to text properly? Well, because oh, you sound like you were making it out like I was still in the fucking message f- thread and was like, blah, blah, blah. Here you go, Hayden. No, it was like fucking hours later, you know. But um, anyway. You know what? Now I don't even feel like telling you guys this guy. <laughs> I, 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 I want to. I well, look, look, I we can always just quick. Well, no, first, no, what did you name your playlist? I don't want to say that. Well, there was anyway, names. That was part of it was naming your playlist. <laughs> I, I, re, I renamed mine. mine. I renamed mine. Mine was, mine was Here's My Illusion. 
Okay. Best of what was yours, Bone? Illusions. I renamed mine to uh, Reinventing Use Your Illusion. Sort of a take on against me. Uh, well, I hear you. Here's mine. I'm just going to blow through them. Perfect crime. No, don't blow through them. Hang on. Perfect Crime. That's the opening track. Like, yes. Okay. Yeah, and like I said, whenever, well, apparently I'm having this whole fucking conversation with Hayden. Because I had had a conversation with you guys on how I formed the which would order I wanted them to be. You didn't, though, Daniel. I guess. No, no. Look, <laughs> not at all. I did sure. not. But me, I was, or did we do another list uh, where we had put music in order? Me and Josh, me and Josh have done other playlists. I'm sure you probably did them in your mind and you're going to try to show us (laughs) later. But, you know, we've done like 80s hair metal and other shit. And so I don't know. I don't know what you've done. But yeah, this is the first time for us too. So I'm, I am curious to to hear this. So go ahead, Daniel. But yes. um, Perfect, Perfect Crimes sets off the album. Yes, because the way I was going to set mine up was going to be kind of like a concert, right? I wanted something that was going to start off with a bang to where let's, you know, let's get this show on the road and then mm-hmm. build up, drop down, build up, drop down and, and finish, you know, hard with a couple of their big uh, slower ones in there, you know, for like encore type shit. But anyway, perfect crime. Don't damn me. Back off, bitch. Yesterday's. You ain't the first. Nice. Dead how a horse. Dustin Bones, Civil War, Garden, Right Next Door to Hell, Bad Obsession, You Could Be Mine, Knocking on Heaven's Door, Don't Cry, Live and Let Die, November Rain. What I was talking about was um, ending the show on Don't Cry, and then uh, Live and Let Die in November Rain being the encore. That's how I kind of looked at it, you know? Because I know that those are a whole bunch of slower songs, but they were fucking mega hits. You know they're going to put them at the end, you know? But anyway, whatever. I thought that'd be a fun thing because Bone has talked shit a whole lot about this goddamn list on the podcast. And um, it, it was... Well, no, I, you know, I like it. There's uh, there's slight uh, differences that mean you have. Uh, obviously, a lot of the same. You know, I wanted Coma like, in there, but the song's twenty fucking minutes. I'm sacrificing four <laughs> goddamn songs to pick that one. You know what I mean? So it's like, and it was close. It was like I could ha- if if uh, there was one less song that I was like, oh man, I'd have to have this on this list. Coma would be in there because it would fit. But you know, anyway, whatever. But that was it. Yeah, I that y'all would think that uh, thought that y'all would uh, get a kick out of that one. Nobody yeah, I, said shit since I sent the picture. Should we go through our playlist? Uh, I'm trying to see if I can pull mine up. I've got to sync my library on my phone to get it to pull up, and I haven't. You can go through All yours, right. and I'll try to get yeah, mine. Yeah, I'll, I'll go through mine. Um, here we go. Um, and I thought I was going to go back and sort of tweak this, but I ended up not doing that. Uh. Okay, it's um it's a fifteen song playlist. Uh you started off with Right Next Door to Hell. And then you go into Civil War. Well, hey, real real quick before you get too deep, what was your thought process on your list, like as far as the order? Position Matt, yeah. Uh, a little a little bit like Daniel. I understand where Daniel's coming from when it comes to um the concert. 
because I think that's a <clears throat> you start off strong, or you can start off light. I've, I've I've created playlists where I started off light and then went heavy, and then sort of fluctuated. In this one, I did start off um, with some of their harder, um, but I, I like to fluctuate a lot with the lists, and sometimes I'll go like five straight songs with just slow melodic songs and then I'll bring it back up. Um, but this one right next door to hell, I think is just, that's the reason why they chose it as user illusion one's opening track. It's just got this punk fast speed feel to it. So I went there and then civil war and dust and bones. And then I went, don't cry. And you ain't the first back to back because of the Shannon Hoon connection. And, <clears throat> then I went to yesterday's and then in the middle of the uh, playlist, I went with what I've recently discovered while making this playlist as my favorite GNR song period. And that's estranged. And then I kicked it back up with perfect crime then 14 years and then back off bitch pretty tied up and I'm, I'm keeping it high. Then I don't damn me dead horse. Last two songs are You Could Be Mine, which is a fucking classic, and then End on November Rain, because November Rain's a, that's a farewell song. That's a goodbye song. And it's a just masterpiece. Okay. Them, you know? I've got mine. My November library. Rain isn't even in it. You are correct, actually. Yeah, I figured it was. Uh, well, I, I tried to keep, because you can only have, like, yeah, one epic you're either, you're, song. You're literally picking between November Rain and Coma. I get it. Well, it's strange as long as hell too. Yeah. It's strange as like eight minutes. Yeah. So mine, I tried to do it, and I remember me and Josh had talked about it, where mine was like telling the story of a relationship, right? Yeah. So it starts off with right next door to hell, pretty tied up, you ain't the first, back off, bitch, fourteen years, yesterday's, you could be mine. Estranged, Dust and Bones, Civil War, Don't Damn Me, Dead Horse, Breakdown, and Coma. You know, Civil War, I think the reason why I paired it up right next to right next door to Hell is they're both great album openers. I think Civil Civil War opens up user illusion too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, your final one was Coma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Daniel's yours was November Rain. Yep. Yeah. Both of your first was uh, right north, next door to hell. Right? Yeah. yeah. So. Like I said, I thought that it would be fun to, to clear that up. Yeah, yeah it's what, funny, though. Do you have your 80s hair metal set list? I I do. Uh, not, no, not, not, not you, Josh. I was talking about Daniel. Uh, no, 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 no. See, I, you, you said that y'all have talked about doing things, so I'm sure that you have a just you two chat, right? No, this was in the group. I was going to say, because I don't remember that one. You just but, chose uh, to ignore it. Yeah. I don't remember that one. But, I, yeah, I wasn't talking about ours, Josh. We can talk about that in another episode. Um, yeah. Because we are not even talking about Friday the 13th right now. Yeah, good riddance. Well, uh, we can we can bring that back. Um, anyways, let's uh, let's talk about Friday Thirteenth, the third movie in our series of slasher movies. 
So we've covered Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We've covered Halloween, and now we are to Friday the 13th. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. You know, Out of the first four movies, the weakest for me. I think both of y'all are going to agree. You're talking about the first four movies in the... Of each the entry, series. Of each, yeah. Yeah, yeah. as an entry point. Oh, it's think, the weakest. I think when you get to... Uh, when you look at the first movies of like all these series, like they're all classics and then Friday the 13th I don't think it's a classic I think it has a classic villain that you see starting in the second movie but not a classic movie I think this is the weakest by a fucking country mile so in terms of well it just in well if we're, if we're just comparing them with the Carpenter's Halloween Hooper's Texas Chainsaw Massacre Fucking Wes Craven's Nightmare on Elm Street. Sean S. Cunningham's Friday the 13th. Get the right. fuck out of here. You oh, are, yeah. Yeah. One, one of them is not like the others, right? Well, yeah. yeah. Spot yeah. the difference. <laughs> it's like, because you can look at something that everybody else went on to do that was pretty big. And then you're like, Cunningham, what did you do? And you're like, oh, you followed this up with like Deep Star 6. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what else did you do? It's like, well, Friday the 13th. Yeah, I like, no, what else did you do aside from Friday the 13th? Oh, oh no, no, no. I just made money off Friday the 13th. <laughs> yeah, like, tell, no, I just, I just tell, us, tell us about Manny's Orphans again. We love hearing that story. No, tell us about when you did come back into the fray and you made Jason Goes to Hell and you made, or you oh, yes. produced it and Jason X. Yeah. At least Jason yeah. was in Jason X. True. Well, Cunningham was notoriously known to not want Jason, and yeah. Jason goes to hell. But fought like hell to save those rights. Oh, tooth and nail, baby. So, um, I guess Josh's question that he always asks, and I'll just throw it out there, you know, first time you saw it, or do you remember... For me, I know I was young because, I mean, it's like, for me, Jason and Freddie. Well, hey, and, can I ask you a question real oh, quick? Yeah, sure. Another question on top. Okay, I go yeah, ahead. So, you probably didn't tell me and Josh when you saw it, but did you text Hayden and let him know? <laughs> Whenever I saw Friday the 13th, yeah, I did. I did. I told him. Um, but, yes, uh, anyway, I was very young. I've grown up. I, I'm from the generation where, like, He's they've always been here. You know what I mean? They've always been a part of horror movies. So I've always known of them. The first time that I can recall watching it and being like, I'm gonna sit down and watch it was probably nine, something like that. I was young, but uh but I've always seen them. Like you kinda come up with them, you know that they're there. You especially like y'all we've talked about before, like on USA and TNT, those channels like that, if they would do some type of horror movies at night, which they would. Um, and I don't know who Paramount owns Bone before you say it. It would be a specific channel that it would come on, and I understand that. But it would come on late at night, and you know, you'd see how it. the fuck would I know? I didn't have fucking cable TV when I was young. That was for you, rich boys. Yeah, definitely. Not <laughs> yeah, <rich. laughs> Shit. the richers. We didn't, ha- we didn't even have all of the HBOs. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, no. Come on. You poor guy. We only had three Cinemax channels. 
<laughs> oh, you're white trash. I didn't know that. Dan, Dan, <laughs> only three Cinemax only channels. Three? Gross. Oh, only got to watch softcore porn like you know six hours a night. Yeah. But anyway, whenever I was young, they've always been there. All of these guys. But when I could sit down, remember sitting down and being like, I need to watch this movie. Was like I said, around nine or ten, something like that. And it was like, hey, it was you know, it was good. It's horror movie. They all blend in. Obviously, at nine, I'm like, where was the Jason? Oh, okay. And that was my least of the favorite of the ones that I've seen so far. But um, but as you get older, you can mm-hmm. see things differently. Mm-hmm. And I give it a 0.5 stars. <laughs> Podcast Spoiler over. Alert. All right. Let's shut it down. Get ready for next episode. Josh, what about you? <laughs> Uh, it, I don't remember the first time I saw this. I know this was not the uh, the entry point in Friday Thirteenth for me. You know, it was probably like part three, part seven was big on cable, <clears throat> and you know, you you hear through you know the schoolyard or Daniel's brother Richard for me was that hey the first one you know it's Jason's mom and and whatnot. So I I. I don't remember if I, maybe like 13, I was a little late to this first one. Um, and you know, I know Daniel's joking, but I always held this movie in higher esteem, but as the years progressed and you know, um, that changes a little bit, but, um, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it, but two people really fucking shine in this movie. Um, and it ain't Sean S. Cunningham. But <laughs> or Betsy Palmer. I don't remember. Or Betsy Palmer. <laughs> I don't remember exactly when I saw it either. I, it was on VHS. It wasn't on, you know, one of the 13 HBOs that Daniel had. It was just a movie my dad rented, I think. Because it was after I'd started, because I it was after I started watching horror movies and, and he would start renting them when I'd visit in the summers. Um, I think, I think I told y'all like Fangoria and then like Nightmare on Elm Street was kind of, I think like an entry point to horror when I was younger. Yeah. And then it was, um, it expanded out from there and it got into the other things. And like you guys, it wasn't the first Friday the 13th I saw either. You know, so it's, it's, if it's not your first one, it's kind of harder to go back and watch it. You know, when Jason's not involved because you've grown so accustomed to that one character. Yeah. So. And the situation where there is no surprise. You know, like the first time these people go watch this movie in the theater, they don't know what to see. It's like, Betsy Palmer, where the hell she come from? And, oh, yeah. shit, she the killer? You know what I mean? So it's like, it's a surprise and all of that. And it's like, wow, you never really see a fucking old lady out there just killing. You didn't never in a million years would you have expected her. They could have shown her and you wouldn't have expected her. Yeah. You know, so, but for well, the, us, we know the whole story. So we're, we're, like you said, we grew up on Jason and then we come back to it and it's like, okay, that's cool. And I think the, what you were just talking about as far as like there being no kind of hints as to who the killer was, that's something to talk about once we get started. Cause that is something I noted like in my notes, but we'll get there. Um, I guess before we get started, Josh, did you did you got a synopsis for us? Yeah, I do. And I've written, I, I wrote this, like this episode was supposed to be recorded like a couple of months ago. So 
Well, let's talk about I'm, that real quick. So why it didn't happen. And just real quick, guys, here's why I didn't fucking get recorded. It was it should have been a year one episode for us. But we all got COVID. Well, I, I got COVID. I think Josh got COVID. I'm not sure if Daniel got, I got COVID. COVID. I got COVID. And it was, the, the night we were supposed to record was when I come down with symptoms and I had to call Daniel and Josh be like, hey, I'm not coming. I got, I'm sick. And I kept denying. I'm like, I don't got COVID. I'm going to be back at work in a couple of days. I'm going to be fine. And then finally I had to take the test. I'm like, oh shit, guys, I got COVID. Yeah, I got COVID too, but uh, for different reasons. No, I got COVID while I was at work. Well, yeah, so I didn't. It wasn't none of the hanging out that we did. I didn't get but COVID. Had, for me, it didn't have anything to do with the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like time yeah. was. Oh, yeah. We, we didn't n- lose any time because I was already on the boat. Yeah, but we, we didn't get to record mainly because I got COVID because that killed our yeah. remaining time. But then Josh got COVID also. <clears throat> yeah, while I was visiting the States. And uh, so I wrote this synopsis like. <laughs> a while ago and I reread it before we hopped on and eh, we'll see because we'll see. it's it's a I don't know I was in a bad place <laughs> I was in a bad place when I wrote this but I do have a synopsis okay um just bear with me uh god I hope it starts off like Halloween local tie. <laughs> no, I, you know, sometimes I, I do a plot thing. Sometimes I just fucking go hard in the paint. Hang on. Uh, here we go. Friday 13th. thereof has bestowed unto the world many things. It's brought the world awe, laughter, tears, joy, and terror. It can inspire and deflate, teach, and disturb. The screens that we watch these moving pictures on are the blank canvases, and the directors are the artists. From Hitchcock to Kubrick and Spielberg to Fincher, these directors have shaped and defined the world of movies and what we think of them and have honed their craft and lifted the art form to near-perfect precision. And then you have Sean S. Cunningham. (laughs) Sean S. Cunningham can be called many things. You can call him a man, sure. You could also say he's an American and a father, and both of these things would ring true. Hell, you could call the man wealthy, and you'd probably be right. 
But the one thing you absolutely shouldn't call this guy is a fucking filmmaker. Sure, he's made films and I've made fucking tacos. And last I checked, that doesn't give me the right to call myself a chef. Hell, Daniel has two kids and no one would ever confuse him with being a father. <laughs> Sean S. Cunningham is the film... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Daniel, I love you. He's a great father. Sean S. Cunningham is to filmmaking what Amber Heard is to wife material. So when Cunningham set out to make what he prematurely ejaculated and advertised as the scariest movie you'll ever see, he hired the only man in Hollywood who absolutely positively couldn't deliver on that promise in Victor Miller. And together, these two men set out to make a Halloween ripoff, but without the suspense and fear. Trade babysitters for camp counselors and Michael Myers for a 50-year-old woman. Swap the rage of Michael Myers for Pamela Voorhees' hot flashes. And, of course, trade the immortal Dr. Loomis for the pantry-hiding, bicycle-riding, doomsayer, crazy Ralph. And you pretty much have the same movie, save for talent, script, tension, and direction. Sure, this movie does have things going for it. Like the constant need to talk about generators. Like, hey, have you guys seen the generator? And how does the generator work? And I saw the generator in town the other day. Does he ever ask about me anymore? And if the incessant talk of generators isn't enough to hold your attention, then how about a three-minute uninterrupted shot of someone making coffee? No? Then how about a four-minute diner scene that neither adds nor brings anything to an already surfboard flat script? And if generators and coffee aren't enough to convince you pieces of shit that this isn't a groundbreaking movie in the horror genre... Then how about the character Steve Christie, who can only be described as Calvin Candy, but with a never-ending supply of roofies in his pocket? And if you add up all these dynamic elements together, what do you get? Well, let's discuss this overrated movie made by two clown shoe hacks and find out together. Jesus Christ, so, you weren't I, in a good place at all. I mean, I'm wondering, like, were you <laughs> mad at Daniel? I don't know. I you yeah, were I don't know. Mad at Sean Cunningham, and you just went over that little jazz. I don't know. Well, look, there. look. When I when I think about this franchise, and I love this franchise. I love it dearly. It's my. It's to me. It's my favorite of the of the four that we're going to discuss. You wouldn't know it by this first movie, but when I think about that, we'll never get another movie because of Sean S. Cunningham and Victor Miller. And how they had nothing to do with the franchise that I love. And we won't get another movie because these fucking clown shoes. It does piss me off. It does. Yeah. You know. So you're holding a little I, grudge against him now. I get it. Now. I do. What about Daniel's parenting? Because you went pretty hard. At yeah, that was, just, that, was just, that was just a funny joke. Because Daniel is a great father. And I just, like I was, I don't know. It just came to me, and uh, I don't know. Daniel's a great father. It was just no, a that's joke. I went it's, with it. I knew it was a joke. Look, it had to be because Jesus Christ, is there, I need to be doing more. No, look. Our, uh, well, I was saying, do it. Our, our biggest fan, I think, is Daniel's brother, right? <laughs> He's gonna see Daniel in fucking public and slap the shit out of him for being a shitty father now. I, like, I look. He's been telling me all these terrible things you've been doing to the kids, but I just didn't believe them. Now I can hear it on your podcast. Look, they don't call me the bad boy of podcasting for nothing. You know? <laughs> like I'll air everybody's terrible laundry out, so, or however that saying is. This is a casualty of that fucking lawsuit too. Let's not overlook this, man, because. You know, obviously, you know, we're all friends and we've been friends for years. And, you know, 
we've played video games together. You know, me and Josh used to play Madden together and Smash controllers and. and oh, I love but, Smash controllers. Yeah. But there was a time where we played a lot of Friday the Thirteenth, just tons of that game. Remember, we'd get together in the day and fucking play it. It was fun. And then that, like, that game and and content getting added to, added to it, being stopped because of that lawsuit, that sucked. Because they were supposed to add in, like, a, from what I understand, was a Jason X map and Jason X character. Now, what do you, however you feel about Jason X as far as the movies goes, that would have been fucking cool oh, in the game. but that still would be fun to yeah. play in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, we didn't fucking get that because these two guys went at it and, and Gunn and Ilphonic were just like, now we're cool, we're moving on, let's go make Predator hunting grounds. And now they've got the Texas Chainsaw license, so we'll get that, we'll see how that works. Um but speaking of which, and this doesn't have anything to do with Friday the 13th, but it does have to do with video games. They got an Evil Dead asymmetric multiplayer game coming out this year. So uh, there's something we could play. I don't know. Like, hang on. Um, for the dumb dumbs in the room, which might just be me, what's asymmetric mean when it comes to video games? Where it's it's offset, so it might be like four against one or five against one. Okay. Instead of being even. But like most games, you know, like if it's a shooter, it's like 6v6. Okay. Did you know what he meant, Daniel? I have no idea, but I, I with him including Friday and then the new Texas Chainsaw game, I uh, assumed that that's probably what it was. Because I knew that the Texas Chainsaw game was going to be like Friday, so I didn't know what the yeah. word meant, though. I just shook my head yes and politely <laughs> smiled. <laughs> while choking, while, while hey, my children. <laughs> hey, we're the Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> I'm smiling politely. He was, yeah. uh, was going to... He was going to text Hayden later and be like, hey, what's asymmetric mean? <laughs> and then ground him for telling him because he's a horrible parent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you, you hit on it, man. Like a little, little bit about the movie before we get started. You know, Friday 13th, 1980, directed by Sean Cunningham, <clears throat> starring Betsy Palmer, Adrian King, and one Kevin Bacon. Had a budget of 550000 did a box office of about fifty nine point eight million. Had a runtime of ninety five minutes, which I think is longer than the previous two movies that we just talked about, Chainsaw and Halloween. And do you feel it in this? Movie? Is it? Yeah, Chainsaw was is like eighty seven. Chainsaw was eighty seven minutes. Halloween was. It was if it was longer, it wasn't much because it was in the nineties, I believe. I'd have to pull up my notes. Look, I'm not. I'm not trying to uh, put words in your mouth, minutes. but I remember. It. 91. I remember that Halloween episode. You were talking about how there were it drug parts, in the you know, the, holy shit. Yeah, no, and that's, well, a, that's a critique I have against this movie. Don't worry. Like, it's the middle. It's the beginning. Well, yeah, Josh, and it's the, the, the end. It's yeah, a Josh long, kicked off with a whole bunch of long ass, you know, pointless shots that built up for nothing. It's a long yeah. 95 minutes. But let me get through this real quick and then we'll start talking about it. Uh, Josh said two people shined. I'm going to take a stab at this. Harry Manfredini and Tom Savini. Oh, yeah. Manfredini did the music. Savini did the special effects. Yep. That that would be my guess. So there we go. Uh, Friday 13th, 1980. And, yeah, let's fucking get into it. Well, all right. Let's talk about this real quick. Go ahead. All right. The, uh, you had said talking about the scariest movie you'll ever see, right? That always pisses me off. Like, how dare you tell me that this is going to be the scariest? Like, and it's funny because 
to be that ballsy and bold to just be like, this is the scariest movie you're ever going to see, just to get people drawn in. And they watch something that's fucking ridiculous. Now, hold on. I'm not saying that this is what Friday the 13th. I enjoy the shit out of it. I know that Josh hates oh, its guts. I just want to add on to it after you're done. <laughs> but anyway, I was just making a joke. A lot of well, posters do that, and I don't think they well, should. Some here, deserve it. Well, a lot of the... Hold on. I was waiting, man. You got to wait. I was waiting for Go Daniel. ahead. Go ahead. Jesus. Yeah, because you, you, might, you might be saying what I was going to say. Most movies already have a fucking movie made, though, when they make that claim. Friday yeah. the 13th was just like, hey, here's a title, and it's the scariest yeah. movie ever. What's that movie about? Now, fuck, we don't know. We haven't even wrote the bitch yet. We just got a poster yep. and a tagline. It's funny because they, they should have put, like, you'll never believe who the killer is. Because then well, the whole time you're like, well, hold on. It's going to be one of these people we've met, but it's going to be the least likely one. And then it's somebody you don't even see. see well, that that, yes. Like, yes, that would make sense. This is like if we watched Scream and Kevin Williamson, yeah. who is a good writer, at the very end, when the killers revealed themselves in Scream, if it was Sydney's next-door neighbor. Or like yeah. the attendant at and the, the gas librarian station. from the town library. Yeah, people that yeah. never fucking showed up. Like, oh, yep. dude, you were the guy that served me the beer at the <laughs> bar. Yeah, that wasn't in the script you, or shot. Like, why are you or killing a story us from the movie? Because you didn't tip me. But that scene wasn't in the movie, like you said. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they fucked up and cut that one for time, like idiots. But hey, and. Go ahead. Well, in, in defense of the scariest movie you'll ever see, uh, how that would make you mad, Daniel, a lot of times, um, those are reviews. Or, or sometimes when you see something like that, that's a review of a yeah. movie. And it's like, okay, well, fucking, you know. So uh, this makes movie, it worse. Jerk you yourself off. Yeah, this is, this is the creators without a movie. Without anything. <laughs> Yeah. Without anything, without they, funding, this is how they yeah, got funding. They got a fucking name. <laughs> now the funny thing about it is, I guess it does make sense once we've talked about it a little bit and broken it down or whatever. Because the scariest movie ever made, no, or just say you've ever seen. Okay, yeah, it, they should have named it the scariest movie ever made, and then it would have been okay if they would have done it then, because then it would have made sense. Because if this fucking thing don't hit, they're all fucked. <laughs> we, they threw everything. This is it. They you bet all been, their fucking cards, our chips on it. You know what have been really fucked up, though? Is if they did this fucking promotion to get this movie made. You know, they, they make their little poster. Friday the 13th, the scariest movie you're ever, you'll ever see. Whatever. And then, like, once they get funding, they're like, man, let's make a rom-com. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then it just fucking changes. And you're like, what the fuck? Although it might have been the scariest movie you've seen then if it became a rom com because Friday yeah. the thirteenth, the title with the plot of ordinary people or something. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh I you know, I will say one thing about the movie real quick, one positive thing is I feel like it's about to be a fucking shit show. I do. No, like Daniel it. likes it. Daniel likes it. Yeah, no, it's I not going to be a complete shit show for me. I, mean, I, I still love watching it, but it's got its mistakes. You know, you can tell they I, didn't give a shit. I like the set. I like the setting. I like. The oh yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about this before, and I know in different cases, it's like you know, it doesn't matter as much. But man, like it's nice seeing the movie that was set in New Jersey, filmed in New Jersey, and then the fucking the the plant life reflects that. The environment reflects that. Once again, and you know, fast forwarding to whenever the fucking movie came out, but when they did the remake and they filmed that bitch in Texas, and you can mm. tell it's Texas. Yeah. 
Yeah, like like this, and 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 this is shot like you know the cinematographer is probably just you know I I don't even know who the guy is, but like it's a lot of natural light and it's a lot of just mood through nature and it works. Yeah, it works. And see, that's but, what I was going to say. Uh, there are some things, and then you've already talked about a couple of them. We'll get more into it, but. There are the things in this movie that do shine very, very well. They did it very well. But that's what I was saying before going off what you were saying was like they didn't give a shit, you know, and you can kind of tell, you know what I mean? And they had a lot of, you know, talent that if think about if this movie had a few different things and they did give a shit about this movie, what it could have been, you know, it it wasn't just a paycheck because it's just a fucking paycheck for them, you know? Like we just want to try to make a big movie about a killer to where to compete with Halloween. There was no passion. It was like I said, you know, it's just going to work. It wasn't like I wanted yeah. to make a story, you know. No, I mean, when you, when you look at like uh, Sean S. Cunningham and Victor Miller, Victor Miller didn't. Victor Miller went on to do. Um, he 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 went on to write for like soap operas, and Sean S. Cunningham went on to like make flop. When he did make a movie, it was a flop. Yeah, we know the name of the movie. Deep Star Six. Damn it! Th- there's a couple of other ones in there. I looked up his IMDb. It, I know, it, but it, that one just sticks out because it, it came out in a period where a lot of underwater movies come out, like The Abyss, Deep Star Six, and Leviathan. Oh, you, wait! You're saying Sean S. Cunningham is trying to rip something off? Yeah. I don't think so, brother. Trying try to ride not the on wave. my watch. I'm not going to take that. Don't don't talk ill of Sean S. Cunningham, but after watching this movie and recently watching uh, this other movie that I'm going to name, if you're going to watch a movie about a camp with a killer, watch Sleepaway Camp out of these two. Sleepaway Camp is heads and tails better than this. You know, it does. um, There's going to be some things. And I I like that you brought that up because the one thing that, and we talked about this before, because me and you'd watch Sleepaway Camp together uh, within the last year. It's sleepaway camp showed fucking camp life. It was yeah. a part of it. And it just you got kids, I, you got yeah. fuckers archery and shit. Yeah, it made it just made it feel real, right? Yeah. The, now I know that they were getting the camp ready to set up uh in this movie, but one of the things that bugged me about it was that they're reopening this camp, right? They're doing these renovations and shit. And like when you see them setting up the archery targets, those motherfuckers are dilapidated. Nobody yeah, exactly. gave a shit about the kids that were about to come to this camp because those look like the same fucking targets they used from 30 years prior. I know. And Steve Christie. So shitty. <laughs> yeah. Steve Christie's more worried about a fucking root. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I will say one thing too before we move on from it is talking about just the quality of the movie and stuff and like it being made. Like what would have happened if it was if more love was put into the movie and stuff like that. One thing to consider, you know, is it might have took this movie being made this way so we could get to part two, three, four, five, whatever, you know, where we got Jason. Because if the movie would have been more competent, if the movie would have been better made, then maybe you don't get Jason. Who knows? Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's true. And, you know, after watching this movie, um, I think, you know, you could really pin the gold star on Steve Miner as to creating this franchise, uh, the director yeah. of part two and three. You really can because that's where the franchise becomes the franchise, and it's not here. There's nowhere no. to be seen. 
here. Um, no, there's there's not really a story here, you know, other than it's we're opening up this camp. Here's a reason to get all these people together so they can die and we can see some sweet special effects. But but it's not even a campfire tale, even in this camp of what happened in 1959. No, that's what I'm saying. It's that's what I'm saying. There's yeah. no story. It's just it's just like. We need some kind of way to get these people together so we can kill them, and then we can let these special effects shine. Because that's what's going to sell this movie. Yeah, is an arrow coming through Kevin Bacon's throat. It's not going to be. Which is. It's not going to be the gripping story of a mother's revenge. No. Because no, because she doesn't fucking show up until the very end, and then you're like, oh yeah, let me tell you the story about Jason. Okay, well, what'd that have to do with the previous ninety fucking minutes? Yeah, exactly. It's funny because it's like they shot the movie, right? And then at the end, they were like, okay, we're done. And it's like, man, something don't seem right. Oh, shit. We never explained what happened <laughs> and why she's killing everyone, you know? And it's like, but they like, show we you. We have to get, yeah, I know. We have to, we had to, they had to make that scene later. And it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Because they reminded themselves whenever Pamela starts going off about Jason. And it's like, oh, wait. Yeah. Or why this camp is shut down to begin with. They're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Maybe we should open the movie up with why this camp is shut down. <laughs> yeah. I do I do like in that opening shot, it's 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 none of this is good, this nineteen fifty nine segment. But I will give Cunningham I'm gonna give the editor credit. I'm not gonna give <laughs> Cunningham. Uh I do like the zoom in and fade to white. I do like that. That is a nice touch. I wish I wish they would bring that back when they make like slasher movies now, to yeah. where the girl screams right before she dies and it sort of zooms in on her and then fades to white. I, yeah, I'm sure that decision funny. was made in the editing room. Yeah, probably so. It'd be like, let's see how they like it because it looks kind of bland. <laughs> it's like Jesus gotta, Cunningham. You like, gave us look, this guys, shit. <laughs> we got to step it up for these motherfuckers. They keep sending all this shit in. We got to try to do something with the lighting or with fades. <laughs> try to make this thing good. But um, but yeah, we were talking about the camp. Didn't really feel campy. The only time it did feel campy in the nature of it being a camp is that uh, the early scene, that opening scene. Just because they're like, you know, all in their uniforms. It seems like it's the end of the day at a camp for the counselors and they're hanging out playing kumbaya um, around the fireplace and then they sneak off and you know what happens. But that actually does kind of give you a feel of it for 25 seconds, you know? I don't even think the movie has an idea of like who they wanted their main character to be. Like when you first started, because I know some. Because they give you like a little bit of misdirection, and I don't think it's intentional. I think it's probably just from ineptness. Ineptness. You think I got that right? Hell, I may have to cut that out. It sounded right the second time. Yeah, the first time was not. Um, but inept filmmakers, when they have the first girl that's supposed to be the cook, was her name Annie? Yeah. And you know, you kind of get this idea because she comes into the town. She's like, you're kind of you're like you're your point of view character for the audience, right? She comes into town, they kind of seem hostile at first and then they kind of open up and they're friendly and you're like, Oh, well this is going to be the person we follow. And then, you know, obviously she dies later on. And I think that, you know, we've probably given credit to be like, Oh yeah, it was a little misdirection. You thought this is going to be the character, but it wasn't ends up being, I don't even think that that was intentional. I think it's just like, Oh yeah, we got, somebody's got to be the fucking focal point of this movie. Yeah. Cause it doesn't, it is like you say, because you meet her first and usually what we've been seeing, you meet this person or you meet the first person you meet, you're going to think that this might be the main character. Right? Yeah. 
So then you're following her, following or, her, and then it's like, oh, or shit. Or they're an opening you know? kill. Yeah. And she wasn't that. She wasn't even an opening kill. She was positioned as like a point of view character, but then you don't see her for a while, and then she dies later on. Yeah. So, like I said, I don't think it was like anything great that they intentionally done. I think it was just, it just happened, and it just it fell in like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, but they, yeah, they had to introduce that Annie character so the townsfolk could tell them of the, um, the shit that happened at the camp, you know, and why it shut down, I guess, because that's never discussed once we get introduced to Alice and all the others. Yeah. I mean, mean, it's not discussed one time. I get what you're saying, but that, that type of conversation is usually reserved for your main character. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And I don't think that this movie was smart is smart enough to claim that it did this by design. <laughs> it's like yeah. Lucas claiming that he wrote nine Star Wars, you know? Yeah, and then they don't yeah. they don't interconnect properly. But I do like I like the town. I mean, I do like the little uh, community outside the camp. Oh, I do too. It feels I love real. it. It does. It it. It feels like small town USA. Yep. It feels, I think that it's like that for all three of us because we, you know, all lived in Carthage, which is a small town, not as small of a town, I would think, but we have seen little bitty towns where it's a pass through town and they have a little convenience store and maybe a tire shop or something. And that's pretty much all covers everything for you to keep on going, you know? And a gas station with food and maybe a couple other little things or whatever. But we've seen those type towns and you don't stop at them. You make sure you have enough fucking gas to get through. (laughs) Um, One thing that, and once again, I'm I'm with Daniel. I I do like Friday the 13th. Um, Like, you know, not love the first movie, but I do like it. But so it's going to sound like I'm shitting on this movie a lot. But one thing that this movie does worse than the other three movies, too, just to me, is like the cinematography and the way the shots look. It doesn't like you had like iconic shots in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You had iconic shots in Halloween. You have iconic shots in A Nightmare on Elm Street. And here, like the most memorable shot is probably at the end of the movie when Jason jumps out of the water. And that was just is like something they added in at the last minute. But for the most part, like it doesn't look great the way it's filmed, if that makes sense. Well, I will say this, like at the, at the end of this, you know, this journey we're going on. I mean, if we're going to rank deaths, uh, it does have maybe one of the top five deaths. In it. Well, I mean, well, Kevin Bacon's death is iconic. I, yeah, but I'm not talking yeah. about death scenes. I'm talking about just like the way the movie's filmed and the way like the scenery looks and everything and the like. You know, it's like I'd have to compare it like when they walk up to the house in Texas Chainsaw Massacre and you see it. Yeah. You know, the and you have that shot. To it yeah. And you have that shot from behind appealing where it comes up behind um, Sally. It doesn't just flash to them chopping wood. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or just something. You yeah. Know, quick, yeah. They do do that a lot. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the deaths. You know, the special effects in the movie are great. But yeah, the just the way the movie shot doesn't look as good as the other movies. Well, there's there's no iconic like um, like you were saying, like 
movement with a camera. I, I don't have a problem with all the natural light, though. If you know, I'm not talking about look, the natural light. I'm talking about the camera work. Just the way no, yeah, no. The camera work is very like you set up one framed. shot and yeah. then you shoot it and then we move on to the next one because this is the scariest movie ever fucking made, ladies and gentlemen. And we ain't got time for this bullshit of multiple out. camera angles. Okay? It's also We're the tinted. scariest movie that's ever took to create. So we got to get through this, people. But you guys keep talking about iconic kills, you know, iconic shots, even though Bones was from another movie, you know, but rightfully so. But one of the iconic things for me that just, A, surprises me every time, and B, just makes me laugh, is as soon as they do another cut, like you say, you know, where it's just, bam, there it is, and it's just here's the next shot. We're going to have a view of this. Let's do it. Blah, blah, blah is whenever, uh, I think Ned, Marcy and Jack are in the goddamn truck. All of a sudden, boom, riding down the fucking road, jamming to this bluegrass, or I'm not sure what it is, but they are, it fucking just jamming this shit out. And I mean, it may fit because they, the area they're in, that's the only radio station they're getting or something, but they are fucking getting it. Yeah, and it's been discussed in another podcast that I listened to. It is it is quite obvious of the Godfather novel just sitting in the dash. Like I I don't know if y'all saw it, but it, right on the dash is like Godfather, you know, nineteen seventy two novel or whatnot. I did not. It's just sitting up there in the dash of the truck. Yeah, it's so obvious too, and it's just yeah, it's like somebody was just reading it on their break, and they're like, "Oh, we're yeah. filming this scene. Let me just throw it up there." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I didn't notice that. I mean, if we're talking about little things that you know people notice. One thing I did notice, and I don't know if you guys caught this, but like all these people are doing manual labor, right? Not a single fucking person is ever sweating. Yeah, you can tell it's just like okay, we got to film the scene, make it look like you're doing something, and go. Are you I'm talking about Steve Christie? I'm talking about all of them, man. Nobody, but yeah, Steve, Steve Christie. Christie you you were drenched in sweat. But like the things that these people are doing, man. Like somebody should be sweating. There should be like some physical signs of actual labor, and it's not. And I know it seems like a small thing, but a better filmmaker would have paid attention to that detail. Well, Steve Christie ain't got a sweat. The only reason yeah, he's no. got counselors is for people to fucking do shit for him. Oh, and son, yeah. as well, soon as they come, he cracks that whip. He's like, y'all motherfuckers about to fucking work. <laughs> he does, but none of those guys are sweating either when they're doing work. Yeah, because they barely do shit. Then it's like, okay, Steve Christie, maybe you should have come hard at these kids. Because they're like, all right, let's do this. And it's like, oh, shit, let's go swim. He said to have it done by midnight, but fuck that. Let's go swim a little <laughs> while. So how old is Steve Christie supposed to be? I look, Okay. I'm, I'm going to go off on a side tangent here. When's the last time y'all seen uh, Ghostbusters? Okay. So we're just going to ignore what I was saying about Steve Christie's age? No, 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 no. It, it's, it's, it's in relation to what you're saying. Jesus, calm down. Okay. I'm just making uh, sure. Last year, a year ago, maybe. Yeah. Okay, but it's been recent. How old... Do you think Bill Murray is in that movie? 28? 30s? He's 34. But 
like when I see it, even now at my age, I look at Bill Murray in 1984 at 34 years old. I'm like, oh, he's 42. Yeah, you know, you know, he just he just certain people age like that. So Steve Christie could be anywhere from 22 to 58. Well, my question was is like, <laughs> I, I assumed he was older, and then I'm trying to like piece in my head how old Alice is supposed to be. Oh no, he, yeah, he he's she's still legal. Yeah. But he's still a creep. Yeah, because that was one of my notes. Like Steve Christie's a perv. Oh, he, dude, he's trying so hard. Are they college students or are they high school students? With some college, time? I think yeah, it's college. college? I, that's yeah. that's the vibe. Oh, that's I right. got. Yes, because she had like an art class or something. Oh no, right? yeah, she she was an artist. Well, so, now yeah. you might she came be, back from California college. But look, just because she has an art class, now I get that. You know, now that Josh said she come from California college, but I just want to say like. Schools outside of uh, small town Mississippi do have art classes in like high yeah. school, and middle school. I don't believe it. Well, they do. I uh, <laughs> prove it. So you know, I, I don't. I don't French? Really are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> right. <laughs> I ain't gonna have you dick on fucking Mississippi public school system, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Me smart. But, yeah, but, but back to him. Yeah, it's funny because he is in the movie. He is looking like okay, this guy's you know late thirties, early forties, and we've established this is a group of young kids. So it is funniest. Like this motherfucker is like, hey, you know, and they have this little deal that they really don't touch on again. It's a little thing, and then it's not talked about again. It's like okay, well, cool. Finish putting that gutter up. I'm going to the fucking <laughs> restaurant, the little fucking diner. But anyway, that motherfucker, like Josh was saying, building off of that. um God, whenever they get there, they get out and it is immediately (laughs) this, this, this. He's got making sure everybody's doing all the work. And he's like, I got to run into town for supplies. I'll be back later. But before I run off into town, I got to holler at fucking Alice and see what's up between me and her. Make sure we're still on for tonight. He fucking disappears for the entirety of the movie, too. That dude's just gone. Dude, as soon as Alice gives him like a little bit of the cold shoulder, he's like, "All right, well, I got a pocket full of roofies. I, I, I mean, this shit's. I gotta, I gotta hit up a couple of places." Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, dude, this guy. Look, this. If this guy wouldn't have died, I, I can guarantee you, this guy would have been. He would have been in jail. Ten to fifteen. I think. Uh. Yeah, no doubt, right? I, I'll say this too, since we're talking about like tasks and stuff and just everyday shit they were doing. One thing I thought the movie did do well, and thank God it did, because it would have been 95 minutes of people standing around with their hands in their pockets, was when they were doing like their little everyday task, you know? Not to fucking tea or whatever later on when we're like, oh shit, we're running short. What can we do for five minutes? Well, let's watch this water boil. But like the getting yeah, exactly. ready, I wish there was more camp stuff in it, like sleepaway camp, because that was that makes it feel like a living, breathing place. This was almost like a here's some tasks we got to do, but at least when they do do them, like you're, it's somewhat interesting, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, and it's because what these things are, they're they're each little task that they're doing is they're setting up the events and the and the things for these kids to do at the camp, like you were saying, like they're setting up the dock. To make sure that the dock is good, you know they're setting up the archery, and uh, yeah, it's funny because, like you said, the targets are just blown the fuck out. They're fucking terrible. But the other thing that's 
that is happening here is who is it? Ned? I think it's uh yeah, Ned fucking shoots the arrow right as old bitch is hanging it like and then it's yeah. just a ho and then she's like, Ned, you could have hurt me. He could have just fucking killed you. He was six fucking inches away from your head. Right. And this is just a fun game. It's like, holy shit, man. But it, but like you said, it reminds you of the camp, and then there was less of that. So that's why you say I don't really see this much as a camp movie, you know. But if they would have had a little bit more in there, they could have had that. Well, I, th- I think like the the movies are all well, not all of them, but like these movies were taking place at these camps. But you until you get to part six, you don't even like see signs that it's actually a camp because then you have children in part six. They're still not doing shit other than hiding under a fucking bed, but. At least yeah, at it's just point, they're getting killed in the woods and yeah. At least at this together. point, yeah. At least at this point, that we're actually acknowledging that it's a functioning camp. And I get that they're yeah, like uh, in this first movie, they're you know like trying to reopen and blah blah blah, yeah, and whatever. But yeah, fuck that rundown camp though. Steve Christie could have uh, shelled out for some fucking targets for that archery section. Steve Kirstie ain't shelling out any more than he has to. He, he's yeah. only opening up that camp so we can get some young poon. Yeah, mm-hmm. see, all the shit that's real fucked up still, I'm sure it's like, okay, set it up so he can go out there and be like, this is okay, yeah, but you need to re, you got to recover those targets. He's dead. That's just shit he's going to give to him the next morning. He just hadn't got around to it. He's just having well, he's not he's not buying new shutters. I mean, uh, new gutters or anything. Those things were rusted pieces of shit. And she just put this little tack in it and she said, one, the whole fucking thing is about to fall. One tack. That's great. There's a passing comment that they're reopening this camp for like underprivileged kids from like urban area. They're oh, doing really? the bare minimum. <laughs> the bare minimum. HUD camping. This this is a tax write-off for Steve Christie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Hey, he don't sorry. give a flying fuck. No shit. Uh, talk about something else that doesn't fucking fit in this movie and doesn't work. What y'all think about the cop? Just rolling up and he had like this comedy routine he was essentially doing. Yes. Yes, because he was looking for fucking crazy Ralph, right? Yeah. And Yeah. But like he, yeah, he was doing like this whole like stand up bit almost, and then you could tell the motherfucker when he was trying to ride off on the motorcycle, didn't ride motorcycles. Oh like, no, he looked like he was two six seconds away from fucking falling over and breaking something. Oh, he really okay, did. I'm I'm glad you brought this up because I've watched the uh, Camp Crystal Lake Memories documentary uh, quite a few times in my life. I like to spend my time wisely, and I <clears throat> and I had ordered the Shout Factory. Friday 13th collection Blu-ray and I had it shipped to Mississippi and so when I was there I picked it up and I brought it back to Sweden and I pop it in my Blu-ray player and won't play because of the region so I have to ask I know it fucking sucks so I have to ask you Bone when you rewatch these movies and Daniel you don't have the Shout Factory collection do you? Uh uh okay did you did you watch these on the Blu-ray because there's like new features and stuff no, not really, because generally when um, I, I got the collection mainly to have it, because I missed out on the steel book one that you got a couple years ago that had all the movies in it. And so this one come out, it had to, and when you pre-ordered, you got the posters and everything, which looked really fucking cool. And I, I got it so I could have it. But I have all the movies digitally, and just as a matter of convenience. Well, dude, look, okay. 
Again, I, you're not I, watching I, this one. You have to watch part two, though. Part was, two, I think they. I think I did put Friday Thirteenth Part One in and watch it actually as a the disc. But yeah, well, I, I'm sure they touched on it in the new one, but in the new collection, because the new collection, man, like. If you're a nerd like me, then you're just going to fucking like eat that shit up. And I highly encourage you because phone, you're the only one who can between us three is to sort of go through there as we go through this journey, because like there's a lot of new shit. Part two, I think um, they bring back, you know, Shout Factory has done a great job from what I hear. I haven't seen it, <laughs> but I know when. I, yeah, I haven't seen it, obviously. Uh, but I, I do know that. um that they had brought in a writer to rewrite a little bit of this movie. And I guess the, the backers in Boston who backed this movie, um, or, or someone wanted a person of authority in the movie. And that's funny though, because Victor Miller didn't write that, but it is funny to introduce that cop and to not do anything with him. And he had never been on a motorcycle, by the way. When yeah, you see like him almost saying, fall. It's like a comedy routine. He looks like a clown cop wobbling in on that bitch. Yeah. I mean, that is literally him almost falling. I can imagine as an actor being like, yeah, I'll take a, a part. You know, as an actor, you got to take anything that comes your way. And yeah. then they're like, well, can you ride a motorcycle? He's like, yeah, I can ride a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just bullshitting. But yeah, they, they bring that cop in. And it's just... It's so odd because it's just – it would make sense if they brought the cop back, but they don't. Yeah, like a fur kill later on, but they don't. It, would, it wouldn't even – it wouldn't have been so bad, though, if the cop just acted like a fucking cop. But like I said, he's like, hey, I'm a cop, but my dream is to be a comedian, so let me run my bit by you. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, talk, he talks to him about, like, smoking bud and shit. Yeah, and making jokes. And like I said, it just sounds like a routine. And – the as far as him not being able to ride the motorcycle, like when he rides away, if they would have cut that scene like a second earlier, it wouldn't have looked as bad. But you could and tell they could have. They got to the very end to the point where you tell he's like about <clears throat> to fucking put his feet down on the ground and be like, "Okay, scene done." Just cut it a second earlier, then it looks like he's just picking up speed and getting ready to drive off. Yeah, they couldn't even do that because this movie is unprofessional. I bet Victor Miller fought for the rights to that character though on that guy. No, you know he he owns him now. He's going to yeah. be the hero in fucking new novel by Victor Miller. That's right. And it's funny cuz like I said before, he's looking for Ralph, you know, who which we didn't really bring him up. People have seen this movie so it doesn't matter, but you the know, the crazy towny. This like, hey, place is doomed. And they're like, "No, it's not get the hell out of here." I mean, they do have a whole bunch of fucked up shit happen over there, but he's just crazy. And then that's it. Now they're looking for this crazy guy. Well, this know? is a small town, and they don't need Ralph fucking up the little bit of tourism they got. <laughs> yeah, I know. Telling people the truth. Yeah. Ralph, God damn it! we told you. Go next door to Shelbyville. Sell that shit there. <laughs> exactly. I do love Ralph ha- hiding in the pantry, though. <laughs> I know, right? And that's what I was, that's what I was talking about. It's funny because they were, or I was going to say is they were a little off. He shows up looking for this crazy guy, and it's, I mean, he's on a bike. How the hell did he miss, not miss him on the fucking road? We know why. The cop's going to make it there faster. He's on a motorcycle. <laughs> crazy rides and, on a fucking bike. And look, here's the thing. Like, Jason didn't really grow up with Crazy Ralph. Pamela Voorhees did, and she probably spared him because she liked him. 
Yeah. You know, like she probably had plenty of opportunity. Well, he was she helping. needs the town to see what crazy really looks like. So it takes people away from <laughs> yeah. suspecting yeah. her. You know? Well, you know, she was trying to keep the camp from being reopened. Right. And Ralph was helping that cause. By he was. People sure. off. But, you know, once again, you know, Mayor Steve Christie's like, no, fuck no, Ralph. You're <laughs> messing up my income. Get the yep. fuck out of here. You're messing up my tax credits here. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Steve Christie probably was the mayor of this little town. That's why, that's why everybody else was telling Ralph to get the fuck out. Steve I mean, said ins- we had to run him off. The insurance alone that Steve Christie was going to have to put for this fucking camp was going to be outrageous. It had to be. He's got these kids fucking just barely sewing up hey. a fucking working place like that doc I brought up a second ago. Yeah. Like, they're just tying that bitch off. It's just fucking, it's not stable at all. Look, this is Steve Christie. They're opening it up this year. Next year's a fire, okay? Yeah. <laughs> he's going right. to collect that insurance. That's right. He's got to at least make it look real, so he's going to do one year, <laughs> yeah. bare minimum, and then set that bitch on fire. Uh, well, one more thing about the opening of the camp, and then we can move on. We'll talk about something else, but I just wanted to bring this up, too. Steve Christie's talking, like, you get the impression that Steve Christie knows all these kids, the way he just fucking goes at them as soon as they walk up. Yeah. Because nobody does that shit to like brand new people on a job. Uh-uh. All right. Go fucking do this. You do <laughs> this dangerous task. Yeah, you son of a bitch. What do you think you're doing? Get the fuck out. Like, man, he is, like y'all said, he's going hard at these kids day one, but doesn't fucking know them. And how does he know Alice? Because he just decided, like, that's our, that's the one. That's who I'm going after. Oh, hey, these are some nice drawings. Do you want me to pose nude for you later? Like, did he know her previously to be this comfortable? You get the impression that they had known each other. But knowing Steve Christie like I do, <laughs> he probably only knew her like 24 hours beforehand. <laughs> oh, no. There's no way he could have like known these people anyways because Annie, you know, nobody knows who, who the fuck she is. They're just like, oh, yeah, we got a cook coming in that I heard's pretty good. Oh, is that what they said she was, a cook? Yeah, and come on, let's be real, man. You're just opening up fucking canned vegetables and shit and pouring it in a pot and making stew. Or giving these kids fucking sticks and some weenies be like, cook your own fucking... But yeah, I was just going to say, it's funny because it's like, yeah, she's a pretty good cook, but then whenever we meet her, you know, I think she mentions liking kids or something like that, doing the camp work or whatever, but it's like, you know, she don't know what the fuck she's doing. She just seems like she's like, hey, like summer job. I enjoyed it. It's fun. Like have, she might be great, but you're no, right. Well, they're open to spaghettios for these fucking kids. Right. You know? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. The the interview process was a headshot. <laughs> and Steve oh, Christie's yeah. like, pass, pass. I'm going with Annie. <laughs> yeah. Just got to go with good looking people. The guys got to look like they might be a little straw, but they got to be good looking. You know, we'll, that's, we'll that's an ad. We'll, we'll have one goofy guy in there. That's amateur on Steve Christie. Like, you need to weed out the competition. Don't bring right. in Kevin Bacon. Right. Bring in fucking Shelly from part three, man. You, you got to yeah. be able to fuck all these hoes. Um, <laughs> he just got mesmerized. <laughs> and, and He's look, always Daniel, bacon. You you misspoke on one thing, too, man. Like, you said SpaghettiOs, but what's the generic version of that? Because that's what Steve Christie was giving those kids. He wasn't giving them fucking SpaghettiOs. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like pasta zeros. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Now with more tomato paste. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and then he has, the, he has Annie to drain the extra pasta paste. 
Somebody's like drawing the excess pasta paste. Hey, so speaking of speaking of shit that doesn't make any sense, also, I want y'all to just tell me how fucking strip monopoly works. Yeah, that's that's. I've always wondered that because there's no be there's no game. there's no character development, right? So let's just talk about what the fucking characters were doing. They're like, hey, let's play strip monopoly. You don't pay with cash; you pay with clothes. Well, bitch, I'm gonna be able to buy like five properties, and I'm gonna be out. <laughs> yeah, really, right? I think it's rent. I think it's just rent. Well, yeah, but still, you know, it's like okay. The game's gonna go around three times. Somebody yeah. Some shit. Like, yeah, you fucking land on Boardwalk. Is it cost the same as uh, Baltic Avenue or whatever? You know, the little cheap yeah, one. Exactly. Like two dollars versus fifty. And like, you're still gonna lose a sock, or is it like, oh shit, you landed on Boardwalk? That's pants, shirt, and underwear. Like, I don't know. How does that work? Yeah, I don't know. And if I you get, I've never thought if you, that deep into it. Well, if you get paid, well, I mean. We gotta talk about something, right? And if you get paid, do you get to put clothes back on? That would <laughs> make sense. Just stare shit. Yeah. It's like, all right, these panties are gonna be tight, but I've gotta put something on. All right, Meg, all right, Megan, I'm gonna stretch this cardigan out. <laughs> exactly. Just, I mean, are you out of the game once you're butt ass naked or because I mean, that's whenever the game. Just I think you win the game. <laughs> well, I was gonna say because it seems like the point is to get these attractive people naked. So once you're naked, like, is that when the orgy starts? I guess. I guess. I don't know. The, just the rules of strip monopoly have fascinated me ever since I saw this movie. I just want to know how that fucking works. Well, let me let, let me ask you the hard hitting important questions here. And I was thinking about this when I was one rewatching this. Hey, can I say one more thing before you hit the hard hitting questions? Because this isn't hard hitting. This is just a stupid little thing. Oh well, mine's a stupid little thing. If I'm going to get down to the nuts <laughs> and bolts of it, does everybody start off with the same amount of clothes? Because it seems oh, like you, oh, you're still on strip monopoly. Yeah, I am. <clears throat> oh, I just want to know like, does there like, are, is there like a limit? Like, okay, everybody has to wear ten articles of clothing, or like, if you roll up with like. I've got bracelets and rings and earrings and glasses and um, I've got three pairs of socks on and fucking just all kinds of shit. So you well, look, I'll be anything. honest. If I'm playing this shit post COVID, COVID is taking a toll on my body. I'm playing with a sweater, three undershirts, a parka. COVID, bro? Well, the lockdown. Oh, I've gained no. COVID weight. I thought you were talking about it. I thought you were talking affected you. I'm like, oh, well, God. I thought I'm, he was I talking about what you're doing. I don't I, like my body. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. No. See, I thought you were talking about from when you got it, like when we were all like here in Mississippi. No. I was like, damn, you seemed like you was okay when I talked to you after you got over it. No, I wish I wish COVID would have. You're just talking about the effects weight. of lockdown. Lockdown. Yeah, COVID. Yes. I'm yeah, wearing COVID I'm wearing everybody got two, two sweaters, a parka. <laughs> I've lost weight, actually. <laughs> Get the fuck off this podcast. Well, I quit drinking soft drinks, so that's, you know. That'll probably, do it. Yeah, that and, you know. That's <clears throat> fucking piece of, of shit. Yeah. Well, I do <clears throat> Dr. Pepper, Asshole. but. That's the one you miss? Oh, Not Mountain Dew? Well, that too. But Mountain Dew makes a decent zero sugar drink. So if I wanted to, I could get the sugar free Mountain Dews. And as long as they're like ice cold, they taste close enough to where I'd be like, that's cool. But that sugar free Dr. Pepper, that Dr. Pepper zero, whatever I tried it one time. Uh, uh-uh. 
But uh, I'm just asking, which one do you miss uh, with the sweet sugar? Dr. Pepper. That was my favorite. Over Mountain Dew? Yeah. Okay. I'm a little shocked by that. Okay, here's the hard-hitting question. That wasn't it. If... <clears throat> Well, it, it, yeah. Well, I was going to ask what's your favorite snack with. I thought it was a Mountain Dew. I, I don't even know you anymore. I'll be honest. Like I thought I did. The motherfuckers losing weight during lockdown. Like everybody send this. Bone, where where can Wait they hate tweet you at? You must have food on your shelves in Sweden because when I go to fucking Kroger, man, like you can't even buy saltine crackers. Sometimes there's just nothing on the fucking shelf, and I need that for my. Well, tuna. we we never really. We went on like a, a light lockdown here in Sweden. Oh. Wouldn't. Um, All of our groceries are still out off the coast of California, apparently. Yeah. Well, my weight gain came from antidepressants, not really COVID lockdown. Anyway. Hard hitting questions. Uh, one thing more to say about something before you start with the hard hitting question. Okay. But yeah, um, the one other thing I was thinking about with the strip monopoly that I took taken notice of. Okay, so Brenda here is a cheating motherfucker. Right? Yeah. Because I'm guessing that the script called, like, she learned her script, she learned her lines and all that. And I'm guessing um, the, the scene script called for her to say, Ooh, a 12, when she rolled the dice to go. So she says, Ooh, a 12, and she moves her fucking shit. And then it's like, uh, I forget, lands wherever, and she needs an article of clothing, right? Mm-hmm. Or what the hell, however they were playing the shit. But it's funny because, like, it's clear. It's not even, like, the dice were right there. So it's, like, it's a fucking three. <laughs> <laughs> and she says 12, and they're just like, okay, Brenda. So they really don't give, they really didn't give a shit. They were playing with no rules. They were just trying to get each other. Maybe naked. maybe they didn't understand the rules of uh, Strip Monopoly. Yeah, maybe they thought yeah. that, that three was a 12. I don't know. Maybe and Brenda the funny part of all of this is that we don't understand the rules of Strip Monopoly because the most important part of it is stripping. Well, we're it's, making it's, too much out of it. It's complex. You it's know? like, but the rules. Yeah. But anyway, it's sorry, like when you Alice was doing pretty good for herself, though. She really was. She was raking it in. So, these hard hitting questions. Yeah, and answer this honestly and truthfully. And I know I'm dealing with two lying sons of bitches here, but I'm asking for a little bit of clarity here. <laughs> if you, you yourself, was in a horror movie, a slasher movie. Uh huh. Would you live? Would you die? And when would you die? Like, based on your personality, who you are. Like, look, I love you guys. Y'all aren't final girl materials. Yeah. So, if you say that, then... Let me guess, you are. No, 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 no. No, I'm not. Yeah, I don't think that I would... Uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I would try to live. And once it's died, you see what's going on... Get the fuck out of there! So I think that no. I would we, I would live, but for no. a lot of this shit, if it's you, if you get hit with a surprise situation, and now this big crazy little woman <laughs> is approaching me, no, no, it, it it could be Michael, it could be Freddie, no, it could be Jason, it could be Victor Crowley. One, you know? Well, the, if it's Freddie, then my fucking plan just got ruined. Because yeah. I don't know that I would honestly, because you know everybody's always like, "Oh, run, 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 run." I don't know that I'd risk running because there's too much unknown, and especially if you're in the woods, like in a Friday Thirteenth situation. What I would do is hide in a fucking closet that had a bunch of junk in it, and then pull all that shit over me, and just hope that 
I fucking lived through it because nobody fucking noticed me being gone. Yeah. And I would just fucking chill in that closet and pray that nobody come in there. So I'm a runner and Bones a hider. How are you going to try to survive? Okay, I was thinking about this with with me and my personality. <clears throat> and not, I think... Not hiding in the closet like Laurie Strode did where I'm fucking peeking out the cold goddamn time breathing. Like I said, pulling suitcases and shit over me, buried under junk. Tons of junk. To where you may have to pull the shit off of me because it's so heavy I can't get out. So he's in a closet of a room in the home uh, alone house. Keep that in mind. That's where all these no. murders are taking place. He's hiding from Kevin McAllister. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, I, I think I think with who I am and my personality, like if I was just transported into a horror movie and uh, just with me, I I think not in terms of like physical attractiveness, just who I am. I think I'd be like Trent from Friday Thirteenth. You know when he's having sex with a girl and he's like, "Oh, your tits are stupendous." Yeah, I would be that guy. But I would be complimenting men and women. Be like, oh, I love your tits. I love your tits. To where when I finally did die, it'd be towards the end. But it would be very graphic. So the fans would cheer when I die because I am kind of annoying. Yeah. See, in a way. I agree with right. that. About that annoying so here's about. what's going to happen. I'm going to run. <laughs> Bone's going to hide. Josh is like, we're all fucked. I'm about to be. I'm just outside the closet. Bone, I love your tits. That's why I would die. Because <laughs> he'd give away my location. And then you would die because he would say, Daniel, I see you running down the road heading due east, but your ass looks great. Yeah. Now, do you work out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you running towards that store two miles down the road, Daniel? Yeah, Daniel's a Ned. Daniel's a Ned. Not only do you dress up as Native Americans in your spare time, which is we need to talk about that, but like you would go into a house just because you're so friendly, like Ned did. But oh, I hear a noise. Let me just go check that out. I'm gonna go say hello. Yeah, okay. So some crackers. Because whatever you said, Ned, I imagine him just staring at. uh, Hold on, it was uh, Darcy or or Marcy. Um, Oh yeah. And her dude go, <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Like, do, yeah, yeah. What Jack is that his name? Anyway, Kevin Bacon's character. Yeah, they're doing their thing and fooling, like you know, making out whatever. And then this, like, she drags him to the cabin. Ned's fucking watching the whole thing, you know. And he's fo- <laughs> he just fucking starts to follow him, but he gets distracted by, by the noise. And he's like, Hell, like you said, hello. Who is that? Let me go look. And then that's the last we see. I want to correct Josh's. I I think Josh wouldn't make it to the end like he said. I think he's more. No, no, you save the. the, the, Mm -mm. No, I'm going to correct you because I got your fucking character type. You're you're a middle movie kill. You're that dude like when you're having the party, once everybody breaks off and they go to do their own thing. And Josh like, fuck this music. And he goes to change what's playing on the radio. And that's when he gets killed. Because he's being a music snob. He's oh, like, well. This, just so happens the killer was at the w- yeah, radio This window. is so, like, what the fuck are they listening to this for? This is so goddamn stupid. Let me put this on instead. And about that time. <laughs> I mean, that tracks, too. I can't lie. You remind me of Shelly from part three. Oh, your feelings are so <laughs> hurt right now because you didn't have to make it to the end. You're trying to be mean. <laughs> I don't want to make that. I think, I think me dying by changing music actually is very fitting. Yeah. 
I think that um. Like now that Crispin Glover's gone, I can go change his fucking music. (laughs) I'm gonna be the one running away and then gets hit with um an axe that Pamela Voorhees threw with her extraordinary strength from 100 <laughs> yards away and pinpoint accuracy slammed into the back of my head. And that's another thing about this movie. Um, there's a lot of off-screen kills. There is. Well, I, met, I mentioned Ned. He was, uh, that's the last you see him. He checks on the noise and he's done. The next time you see him, he's in the top bunk of the bed whenever Marcy and Jack are <clears throat> oh, yeah. about to get The down. other guy? The other guy who's with Alice, and he tells her to take a nap, and she promptly does with all her friends missing. No, oh, yeah. She's like, yeah, yeah, I could take a nap. And when he goes off to check the goddamn generator. Yeah, exactly. Uh, his off-screen kill. And then um, uh, the sweet one, when she dresses in her Victorian gown to... Uh, and she hears the creepiest thing in the movie. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, what's her fucking name? Um, yeah, the chick that was playing the strip monopoly then hears yeah. the noise. Yeah, I can't remember. The creepiest movie. thing in the movie is when you hear mommy or something. Yeah. She goes to check it out. Uh, you don't see her death. Now, doesn't um, she feel like no, she's she doesn't. like, doesn't she, her character, though, feel like she's like 10 years older than everybody else? Yeah, yeah. seriously. She, she, but even in her personality, she, she, she kind of feels motherly too. Yeah, and then she's like, "Hey, I'm like a mom type character. Let's all get naked." Yeah, Brenda. Yeah. I was trying to think of yeah. her damn name, but yeah, but she's Brenda, another off screen yeah. because she's like looking around. She hears some shit at the archery place. She looks back like, "What? Who is that? Whatever." And it goes and cuts again. And it's a shame because, like you said before, we got Tom Savini doing this shit. Now the makeup and effects looks great after she gets. Not really her specifically, but uh, Ned in the top bunk. He's all fucked up. They did good, whatever. And the kills that they did were great. So it does suck whenever you get robbed of that for these short guess cuts. What gets cut though, because you know, it's, you know, a lot of the kills get cut in like, we know in other movies for sure that they talked about it. And I think, I won't say kills got cut in this movie, right? Like you have to make it get into this certain rating. And yeah, like you have, you, back you have to, the there's certain ones you, that you're going to fight for. Like if we know that this Kevin Bacon kill is, you're shaking your head, but they literally said that in other, when they were talking about other no, movies. No, no. What I'm saying is instead of maybe showing Alice wake up from a nap and fix coffee and look around Maybe you don't even show their deaths, but maybe they see the killer and run. Maybe well, that, you add suspense. Well, that part makes sense. Yeah, I was just talking about as far as like actual special effect kills getting cut. No, I wasn't I mean, talking these, about. I wasn't talking about the competency of the director. <clears throat> we know that that's the same as his Rotten Tomatoes score on Deep Star Six, like a nine. Yeah, I was just talking about like maybe they put up uh, a fight and you cut the death because yeah, there is a lot. Yeah. You you were talking about hard hitting questions. Movie. Let me ask you a hard hitting question. What did the movie poster say? I don't know. The scariest movie that you'll ever see, or the I know that poster. was the thing in Vanity Fair. I don't know yeah. if it was in the movie poster. Well, well maybe it? a movie poster, but you know what I mean. Like the the promo to get the funding for the the scariest movie you'll ever see. Did you see the words the most suspenseful movie you'll ever see? No, we ain't got time for that shit. Yeah. Yeah. 
You don't want to add that to a horror movie. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Tension, suspense. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Pass. No, Hard we gotta pass. we gotta see like fucking popcorn and tea being made and. <clears throat> yep. I gotta see Steve Christie you... in the diner. I know, right? Go yeah. ahead, Daniel. I'm sorry. Oh, oh I was only gonna say uh, you had mentioned the Kevin Bacon kill, you know, with the arrow through the throat, and it's iconic, and then there's a cool story behind how they did it and all that stuff. Yeah. But um, whenever we had done a thing in our group chat on uh, just talking about these movies before. Which group are you whenever, talking about? Are you talking about me, you, and Josh, or are you talking about you and Hayden? Uh, me and Josh and you <laughs> and Mitchell. But anyway, okay. while, in, yeah, in, sure. while we were talking about um, favorite kills and different things like that in these movies, it's funny because uh, Marcy's kill like Jax gets his gets the arrow through the neck but it's funny because her kill i liked a lot too now she was fucking doomed ralph was right because she sees something fucking scary she's just like ee! it just yeah, moves oh. for the fucking axe and it but the way he, that shit thuds in her fucking head yeah. it's just that it looks good they did that kill really good and it's so but the quick. editing's lot, so bad in that yeah i know and it's so funny cuz a lot of people you know don't really bring that one up you know but man i really liked it no that was good the editing was because she like like you said she sees it and then she's sort of like in this screaming, pleading thing, like no yeah, frozen, frozen in place thing, you know? Yeah, and then the and then the axe comes. I don't know. It, <laughs> it was good by Savini, but yeah, somebody dropped the ball on the the the. Well, we're talking about the process. People, we're talking about people that couldn't fucking cut away from the cop driving away one second earlier, so it didn't look like he's about to fall on his fucking ass. Or yeah. or crazy Ralph. Riding a bike oh my God. for forty seconds, right? Yes. yes, down a dirt road. It's it's ridiculous. It remind did you did you guys ever? I know you've watched The Simpsons, so that's not the question. And it's been a while since we've worked Simpsons into this, other than my Springfield <clears throat> comment earlier. But remember, we used to no, I actually had a Seinfeld reference earlier, which isn't The Simpsons. Imagine that. That's Simpsons. Sorry, sorry. Um, but you know, we used to work some in like every episode. <laughs> but anyways. If you ever listen to the commentaries on the DVDs that they quit making, and the commentaries were like the best thing, they would talk about like episodes that were short and like things they would do to like drag them out and make them longer. So if you saw like an extended couch gag, it's because the episode wasn't long enough to fill that time slot of the original episodes. Not now, because now you only get like 22 minutes. And back then it used to be the episodes were like 26 minutes or 24 minutes or 25 or some shit. That's what like crazy Ralph riding the bike for 40 seconds or, Hey, let's cook or let's boil some tea or whatever it is. That's what that shit just reminds me of. It's like, Oh, we need to fill out a predetermined number of minutes. And you could, you didn't have to do it because the movie's 95 minutes. You still had time. You could have cut. It didn't have to be 95 minutes. It could have been 90. You could have done without the bike ride for so long. You could have been 85. Yeah. Yeah. And it would have been so much better for it, but no, let's just focus in on this dumb shit that, and let's not forget, you know, how boring of a f- of a final act it is with Alice versus Pamela. I mean, she knocks Pamela Voorhees out three times, yeah. supposedly. Once by hitting her with in the crotch. 
Yeah, I know, right? That pain was so intense. But yeah, she. I mean, she gives. She just is easily knocked out, but it. But it shall stay out long. So that's the plus. uh, Yeah, I mean, and it is so lacking any sort of intensity in it. Like it's so like boring and laborious watching these two fucking women just wrestle around. Well, yeah. even before you get to that, since you're talking about shit that de- that is bad or doesn't make sense or just set up poorly or lacks anything, like Steve's journey to get back to the camp, right? Because he goes oh through like God. this whole adventure, essentially, just to get back yes. and do what? Absolutely nothing. He doesn't even die like a... I don't think he deserves a hero's death, but he doesn't have a hero's death. He just... You know, his fucking Jeep breaks down or gets stuck or whatever the fuck it was. You know, it's he gets a ride from a cop. Like none of this shit adds to anything. Exactly, even worse. That's the point I was gonna make. But continue. He just fucking he finally makes it back to camp and then it's just immediately dead. Like, oh, what are you doing out in the rain? Oh, you like he like the audience is supposed to be like he recognizes the killer. I should give a shit. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny though because before we get too far away from it, uh. That was my thing. That was what I was going to say. This motherfucker is the luckiest son of a bitch in the world because he hits that fucking mud puddle and gets stuck and looks and realizes he's stuck. And that fucking cop that apparently was following him. Yeah. I guess after the roofie drug deal behind the fucking diner, you know what I mean? Like right. he was following him because then he's like, hey, man, all oh, Steve, you got problems? Like, yeah, man, he's stuck. Well, can't get you out with this, but I can give you a ride to whatever. Or, you know, just he's there to help him that quick. You know? That cop was going to make that arrest if that other call didn't come in. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, now he's going to notice. He's like, I, a, I, me pass by. I got hey, this Christy motherfucker ride. now. And then, like you said, it's a journey for him, another pointless-ass journey. Now they yeah. ride down the road talking about God it's, knows what. And then he's like, oh, there's a call. Come in. I must drop you here wherever. And then leave. Don't they? He's like, this is cool. I can walk it from here. And don't they miss murdered? Don't they make a comment though, or something? Because I got it in my notes, and like I said, I didn't watch it recently. I watched it for this episode, but with all the delays. But don't they make a comment about like crime rising in a town or something like that? Murders and rapes. Like this little small ass town that consists of like one fucking <laughs> grocery store and a convenience store. Yeah. Like how yeah. many oh, people are getting murdered outside well, of this they're, camp? They're, they're- their numbers are outrageous because their number was one, and now it's two. And it just it's so like happens our fucking and, numbers have doubled. And it just so happens that that fucking murder happens the same night that all these other people are getting murdered. So it's like, oh shit, we got. Hey, Steve, sorry, I got to go back. This shit's yeah. going down. Exactly, they have to shut that fucking town down with fucking eight murders on record. I want to see the Steve Christie movie now. It'd be a lifetime what movie. leads up to it? Look, the yeah. Steve, it's a prequel to Friday the 13th. You just see all these girls he's roofied in the past, like, come back for revenge. You know, chop I... Chop his dick and balls off. As I'm sitting here glancing at my notes, I did... I just saw, and you had already talked about Daniel, but I just... I saw that I made a note about it, too, like, when they stood there and waited for the axe to the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's like it raises up and she just stands there, and then it's like, please don't, and then it's just bam and gets her. <laughs> so did, did, did they ever show Steve Christie's supplies? I know he had a trailer, I, dude. I don't think so. 
Like, I'm just trying to figure out what the fuck he bought that took all day. Exactly. I just have in my notes, you know, Enos, the truck driver who gives Annie a lift? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, Enos, pervert lesson number one, wait until they're in the moving vehicle before you make them feel uncomfortable with your compliments. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So she should have listened to old Edith, though. But <laughs> yeah, really. Since we were talking about the yeah, right. And I love how Enos left Annie to walk like forty miles to the camp. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> just 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 right over that mountain there. That's a running theme in this movie, though. Let's just drop people off ten miles away and fucking hoof it the rest of the way. But more things that don't make sense since you were talking about it, and we were talking about it earlier the, the making the tea right. You know, Alice is making the tea, and she's doing all these mundane activities because old boy told her to take a nap, even though all these people are missing, and we don't know where the fuck they are, and he doesn't come back, you know? It was and like, he went to investigate a fucking scream. Yeah, and it's like, Brenda's oh, well, scream. what do I do now? Well, I'll make some tea, and then immediately the bodies start piling up. But knowing who the killer is now, and this is kind of like the, what you said about Scream 4, are we to believe that Mrs. Voorhees was fucking positioning all these bodies by herself? In all these different positions? Exactly. It's that goddamn superhuman human strength. Yeah. And when is she finding time to do all this? Because this is all happening over the course of, you know, one night. I know, right? And it's like a fucking... And it's a short part of the night. Yeah. Because, I mean, hell, this is only happening within a few hours. So, like you said, where is she finding time for this shit? And like she... You- listen, think about it like this, right? She, all right. The two go... To fuck Ned is watching creepily, right? Yeah. They go and they do their business. Whenever they go into the cabin, he is dead body is already mm-hmm. on the top bunk. And I might be wrong, but it looked like they went into a different direction. And like I said before, he got distracted and went to a different cabin and got killed. So she is fast with this. Well, not only is she fast, but just think about the fact that she, like, she has to drag these bodies around too from place to place. Like she's got to have superhuman strength. And then, because I'm sure, like, like you know, we, look, we've all been to school. We've all wrestled with our friends and shit like that. And it's easier to pick up a person, you know, that's alive than it is somebody's being dead weight, right? Because picking up dead weight yeah. is, like, the hardest fucking thing to do. Exactly. And she's just hoisting this motherfucker up onto the top bunk and then somehow also getting him to fucking bleed on command. That's amazing. <laughs> That's that's great. Like not until she Surely gets out of the bed and they'll jar a little blood to where he'll yeah. start bleeding. Yeah, no, no, it's good. Yeah, but it's just I and I know you have to suspend your your disbelief or whatever you know when you're watching horror movies and stuff. But there's just so many things in this movie that don't fucking add up. Yeah, and exactly. Then, and it's like I said, and just to give context to what I said because about the Scream Four comment because obviously that was made off camera or off. Uh, off of the record, whatever, and we weren't recording, but we were, me and Josh had recently went and saw Scream 5, and we're not going to get into all of it, how we feel about it, because we talk about those movies at some point, but he did make the comment when we were talking about Scream 4 and whether we liked it or not, he's like, the one thing that bugged me more than anything about Scream 4 was the fact that these killers were puny. They don't look like they could physically overpower anybody. Yeah, exactly. Because they were the smallest fucking people in a movie. And, and, and it's funny because we've seen two, they're little. Well, you know? not in Scream Two because you have well, not Timothy Oliphant is yeah, a yeah I know he's a, he, but he he, do, he I mean, does have Timothy some Oliphant. mass to him. 
But he's not this big ass dude that's able to do these crazy things that Ghostface but, does. But you and know, he's girl from uh, like Mrs. Loomis. She is a little woman. Yeah. So she definitely ain't doing this. But shit. you know so what? It, neither yeah. of them are. What's They're that? not a fucking Culkin. Because there's never been a Culkin that had any kind of body mass. They're all small. <laughs> Every yeah. one of them. Skin and bone. Yeah. We know. But yeah. I mean, I agree. Rory sure. Culkin isn't picking somebody up. And. Yep. Yeah, but that's what it that's so that was the context of the Scream Four comment was that the killers were puny and now you've got Mrs. Voorhees, you know, who's at this point, you know, in an advanced age, you know, picking up fucking grown ass men and women and just putting them in all these fucking positions so we can after Alice gets through making her tea, she can just find the parade of dead bodies. Well you also have to remember that she is has an added strength of a ten year old boy. To her strength. Oh. <laughs> so that might be the, the edge. So she goes from mean? being able to pick up 50 pounds to 52 pounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can we can we talk about the snake? Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, right. because like... Those special effects are good. <clears throat> yeah, those were classic. <laughs> that looked real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tom if I stumbled... Savini, you did it again. If I stumbled on a snake in my room, like I'd probably shit my heart out of my butt. Right. Yeah. I mean, just real talk. And they actually killed the snake on screen, but it's so funny in this movie. Cause she, as soon as Alice sees it, she calls out to bill to come quick. And did y'all notice what bill was doing? He's like right outside her door and he's just whacking at random <laughs> weeds <laughs> with his machete. <laughs> like not even Jesus weeds, Christ. like brush in the woods. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, just like Christy didn't ask you to do that, you motherfucker. Yeah. I know he did. Steve Christy might have been like, look, this entire forest, I want to de shrub. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. Can I use your piece of machinery you got in the back back there? He's like, no, use a machete. What? Yeah. This dull machete. He's like, yeah, it's missing a chain on the machine. But. It's, it's right there, Steve, on the wall. The that comes in, which she's like, you. "There's a snake under the bed," and this motherfucker's like, "Okay, let's jump on this goddamn bed." <laughs> that is this little cot-looking piece of shit, and then he falls straight through the motherfucker. I'm not going after a snake like but that. But doesn't I'm somebody like, look? I'm moving the bed. I want to keep eyes on this fucking thing. I don't want to be on my back on the ground in this vicinity. <laughs> well, as I say, doesn't somebody look under the bed first? No, they know yeah. that it's under the bed. No, That's I thought why somebody he's like looked. jumping on it to scare it, I guess. Josh is saying, yeah, he's saying somebody looked because I thought they did too. Yeah, I think they did look under the bed and then they tried to like scare who it out so they could fucking, kill it. Who yeah. fucking puts their face by the on the ground like, are you in here? <laughs> yeah, dude, it's funny because people hired by Steve been, Christie. <laughs> I have been face to face to a fucking wild snake and it scared the shit out of me. I, can Can you tell the story? I'll try to make it quick. I was on the boat. I work on the boats. I'm sure everyone knows. Um, Michael definitely knows. But uh, <laughs> but uh, whenever you have you have a little front holding uh, storage section in the front of a boat, and it's usually under the main deck, so it goes down anyway. So you're walking down steps to go grab supplies like paper towels or some shit. I think that's what I was getting. But I come up, and it's all made out of metal. So there's this little lip where the deck meets the wall. And it's just a couple of inches lip. But I'm walking straight down. I grab this shit and come back up. And I noticed it the second time. 
So I didn't even notice it the first time. So whenever I went by it the first time, I pissed it off. When I come up the second time, it's in its like strike position. And I shit my pants and I got up those fucking stairs the rest of the way. And I was on some other boat and I'm like, Hey guys, y'all guys got a snake in there. Y'all might want to take care of. Cause it wasn't even the same company. So I was just there to do a specific job for my company and killing goddamn snakes. Wasn't it? So I'm like, Hey guy, go grab that ax and uh, take care of this motherfucker. Cause it always got me, but it was very fucking trippy. So I wouldn't be just jumping on top of it to scare it. You could do a lot of things. But uh, you throw a shoe under there, and it would come running out. That's funny. But it That's is funny. crazy I, as hell. The reason I know you brought it up because it is insane. You don't really see that much that they killed the fucker on screen. And, and he went and he hacked at it a few times. Like, look, once is enough, dude. You know, I don't <laughs> like snakes, but you ain't got to cut it up. You ain't gonna cook the motherfucker. You know what I mean? Really? <laughs> it did. Go ahead. I was gonna say though, like. It's kind of a pointless scene too because it, you know, it doesn't play into anything. <laughs> no, it has nothing in the movie at all. It's just like, oh man, we need to fill some more time. What can we do? Hey, let's kill a snake. What can we, we talk about something else though? You, if if you were done with it, here, yeah, go well, ahead. Sorry, well, I got one more point on that. Right, so we know that the movie got ripped apart by the uh, motion picture, whatever it's called, MPAA. Yeah about like violence and stuff, but we're cool. Just showing a live ass animal get chopped up. Like fake I, blood. I mean, this is a different time. Yeah. Fake blood. Yeah. But it wasn't is, shortly after that. I'm sure that they were like, yeah, you can't do that shit. Well, can't I'm just saying, I'm all I'm saying is, is that fake blood and gore is too far, but real blood and gore is <clears throat> cool. Whatever. I know. Right. And it's funny though, because you I, like, you like I was saying before, fuck snakes, whatever, but you can actually see the faces on the actors. That they kind of, if you rewatch it and look at it, it seems they look, they seem different because they actually just saw someone kill something. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, damn, that's kind of fucked up. You know what I mean? Like killing this snake just for us to make this scene happen. You know, you could see it in their face where it's like a little uneasy, maybe, especially in the, in the, in the ladies. The one guy's like fucking trying to look hard because he just killed the snake and saved everybody, you know, but yeah. But it is wild. This fucking dude. grass snake was going to murder everybody. Uh, yeah. I Steve know, Christie right? would have put like, that motherfucking damn. snake to work. <laughs> right? <laughs> Slither your ass down there. <laughs> spaghetti oats. No, and he still ain't showed up. He'd have fucking attached that trailer that he had attached to his Jeep to that snake. Like, pull this <laughs> bitch. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah, can we talk about how far the bathrooms are? I know. Well, like, why I don't remember you put that in a little bit of a central area right by the bathrooms. I, I remember how far I've never they been are. to camp. Yes, you have. We was on PlayStation Four. We know exactly yeah, where the bathrooms yeah, are. Yeah. No, no, I've never, I've never been to a real camp, so I don't know if like bathrooms are that far out. Oh, I like, have. You have to hike. No, it's not that fucking far. It's this far in this movie. Well, it is pretty far in this movie. And those bathrooms are the worst fucking places in that game, too. I just want to put that out there. I know we're not talking about the game, but fuck them bathrooms. Because those doors, Jason just smashes through. No problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah seriously. Like, made made out of the other, board. Yeah, at least some of the other doors you can fucking shut, and he has to chop through them. But I, yeah. I'm going to be honest, though. If I'm out in the camp like Camp Crystal Lake, and it's raining, or it's dark, and I got busted Duke. I know, right? 
Uh, I'm going by the cabin. <laughs> They'd be walking by Josh's cabin and be like, why does it smell like shit? Be like, well, it's, he had to take a shit and it's yeah. too long to walk. The nah. snake's heading over there to bury that pile of shit in a few minutes, but he's knocking <laughs> something else out for Steve first. <laughs> yeah, no, that that was pretty far. That's a long fucking ways to go use the bathroom. Like, you're going to get oh. sweaty walking back to your cabin after you take a shower. After you, you take a shower, purpose, yeah. Defeat the purpose of the shower. You're better off <laughs> just jumping in the fucking pond or lake. There you go. <laughs> At least we know it's close in proximity because we see it on camera. Like, oh, there's some cabins. This fucking bathroom out in the woods somewhere. Oh, and here's another thing. So Pam threw Brenda through the window, then ran back to her Jeep so she, just so she could drop up to the cabin. It's fucking know, stupid. Right? It's it so crazy. stupid. This what, movie is stupid. It wasn't out of breath or anything. <laughs> no, no, she looks so fresh. She's yeah. so fresh when she arrives. She's like, hey, honey, what's going on? It's She's almost like, like this oh, shit wasn't thought out. shit's going down. You know, and it's <laughs> like, oh, it's calmed down. It can't be that bad. My thing is this, right? Okay, why Alice? What the fuck is special about Alice? Unless she knows and she's taken into account, she knows she's the last one. So she wants to fuck with her head a little bit. That has to be it. But she has no time to make plans, so it can't be. So why in the fuck Alice? You're going to tell Alice the whole story everybody else was just getting fucking hacked real quick? Like, Maybe she told everybody this story, though. Maybe All the off-screen kills. All the off-screen kills. Because she didn't tell that shit to Kevin Bacon. Story, yeah. No. <laughs> nah. She was like, oh, you fucked. Here we go. Definitely didn't tell it to the bitch with the axe. Yeah. Even though she had time while they were standing there. No, they had time to fucking read a sonnet. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. It's Once again, doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. And then she doesn't hide it much at all. She goes to the story and then she's just like, yeah, mommy, tell her about it. Tell her about Christmas of 1982 as well. If there would have been some exposition as to why the camp was shut down and then like the murder's happening and somebody had said like, oh, it's the... uh, I don't know, the boy's mother or something. I know you're trying to have like a whodunit, but in order to have a whodunit yeah. type mystery, there has to be clues and there's no fucking clues. It could have been any random person and you, nobody at no point when it's a revealed that it's Mrs. Voorhees, could you be like, oh shit, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. No. The, the puzzle pieces fit. Finally. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't quite get it at first, but now it fucking makes sense. You know, like when you're watching a movie that's smart, and you're like, oh, man, they got me good with that. I fucking, wow. No, it's like, <laughs> okay, whatever. Like, this random woman just rolls up, and it turns out she's Mrs. Voorhees, and we haven't seen her all fucking movie. Uh, the only clue that you've had is you've seen a fucking Jeep. And I guess they would have you believe that it was Steve Christie doing the killings, except we know that he was <laughs> buying supplies and drinking coffee all goddamn day. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'll tell you what he wasn't doing. Wasn't doing fucking work. working. Yeah. <laughs> Nope. Hell, he even we were talking about other supplies. He probably even forgot the supplies. We had it. Oh, he, he, he had a he trailer with something. With oh, that was just passed out chicks. <laughs> a supply of roofies. No, that was just a, a couple of kids that were passing by whenever he pulled up to the fucking diner. And he's like, "Hey, kids, you see all that scrap wood? Throw that on the trailer." <laughs> that was that old lady at the diner. And I get put that old lady to work. Yeah, I tipped you. <laughs> Yeah, now, now you're about to chop some firewood, bitch. 
I tipped you 40 cents. <laughs> so, uh, I, I'm going to give him up 40 cents for <laughs> I guess, like, the idea with Steve Christie being gone all day, that's supposed to be your misdirection. You're supposed to believe it's Steve Christie. But once again, if your idea was to plant that seed of doubt that Steve Christie's the murderer, then don't show his motherfucking ass at the diner. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> now you know he couldn't have been there. But they yeah, had to get to 95 list. minutes. It is so important to get to 95 minutes. The scariest movie ever made ain't 92 minutes, you motherfucker. It's no 95. You, you need to go back and look yeah. at that fucking uh, ad and make sure it didn't have like a runtime on it because maybe that's why it had to be this long. And like I said, scariest. These, these are the longest 95 fucking minutes that there is. Dude, I think there's an asterisk on that poster. It's the scariest movie you'll ever see. Asterix. Assuming you watch That's approximately movies? 95 minutes filmed in New Jersey in 1979. Right. With a with it, it probably goes further than that. With a lead character named Alice and a camp owner <laughs> named Steve Christie. Yeah, exactly. Well, you got me there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it like is you're right. You didn't misadvertise. By the time you see her in the lake at the end is she getting pushing the fucking it's like get in the fucking thing i want to see credits at this point it's like oh my god dude now she's gonna get in as she goes and floats and it, that's another five fucking minutes you know with your melodic music and it's they just they had a lot of that you they know did. It's, oh, man. oh that goddamn fight though between the two of them man yeah like we talked about michael myers becoming an ineffective killer but God, he only killed like four people, right? Yeah. Mrs. Voorhees killed a lot of people and really effectively. And now all of a sudden, she can't do shit. And where does her. She's fucking tired from all that stupid ass trap shit she said. I was, well, I was about to say, where did her fucking strength about- go? But that would be the answer. <laughs> she burned up all of her strength for all of her killing on her presentation. <laughs> she she wasn't getting knocked out. At the end. <laughs> she wasn't getting knocked out. She was trying to take a quick power nap. <laughs> Yeah, she's a 50-year-old woman, man. She did a lot that day. She had a busy fucking day. It would have made more sense is when she started spilling that fucking dialogue to Alice. If she was just, like, chain-smoking. Yeah. She had, like, two cigarettes just to explain. How long well, How long did that final scene go on, too, between them? Because it, in my notes, I got it drug on forever. It's just... It, it did. It, it serves did. as, like, a final showdown, but also an exposition dump that should have happened somewhere else in the movie. Yeah. yeah, but it's also like not exciting either mm-hmm. at no. all. No, yeah. because the the reveal of the killer should have been like once again, like when you watch, well, you will use Scream because because Scream was a whodunit essentially, right? Like we're trying to figure out who the killers are, and you know, and they do. It's two different people in the movie. I know that, but the way that they reveal both of those characters, and you like look at it because you're led to believe it's Billy Loomis through the whole movie. Yeah. You're led to believe it's Billy Loomis so much to, that you get to the point that you're like, it can't be Billy Loomis because it makes too much fucking sense. And then you have Stu, but these characters are present. And there's little pieces that, you know, you can kind of like add up. Yeah. And, Plus, Kevin Williamson has has dropped these hints yeah. to look for black boots and then they'll show the sheriff with black boots. Yeah. Like it's a smart script. Exactly. Yeah. And then, so like when you get the reveal of the killers, you're like, oh, wow. Okay. That's shocking. And that makes sense. And blah, blah, blah. Or I knew it. Once again, like I said earlier, you can't fuck. If somebody said, oh, my God, I knew it was Mrs. Voorhees, 
they're lying. <laughs> because there's no exactly. way you could have known it was Mrs. Voorhees. And then when like the reveal just... happens, there's no reason to be excited about it because it just comes up out of a blue with a character that's never been fucking seen. Yeah, it's literally, Jeep, it's literally who is this bitch? Oh, okay, she's the killer. Okay, if, it's literally that. There's no shock. Exactly. If the, if it would have been like a Stephen King movie and it turned out that the car was the killer, that the Jeep was the killer, I could have been like, oh, man, it makes sense now because I've seen this fucking Jeep rolling around. Exactly. And but it's, it's funny because like you say, whenever you do that, that's just as good as being like, oh, it was the fry cook that was in the background. Yeah. Because his cousin is who got killed at that camp and he don't want people there, so that's why he's killing people at the camp. Yeah. Or what the fuck ever, you know? It's just, you have to have something, some type of tie. It would have made more <laughs> sense for Crazy that. Ralph to be the killer. It would have made more sense for Steve Christie to be the killer. Yeah. I know why we didn't do it. And, and Mrs. Voorhees being the killer is fine if Mrs. Voorhees would have been set up. But she just shows up at the end of the movie. Okay. Because well, well, Crazy Ralph would have been a, a great option. There you go. And, he was very stealthy. He and, got into that food pantry and was hiding, and they weren't even <laughs> fucking in there and didn't know he was in there until he fucking popped out. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like, holy shit. He's and, good. And one other thing I was just want to say, and I'll let you say it, Josh, but we're talking about like Betsy Palmer when she, she rolls up. Is this, like, if you're Alice. This should have been a red fucking flag because this random ass person just comes up out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. yeah. With all these people. And right after you see all these fucking dead bodies, you should have just shut that bitch's head off right then. Took yeah, no exactly. chances. Just go ahead and chop it off right then and there. And, and then what I was going to say, and I guess we're like putting a bow on it. <clears throat> but, and you know, I'm, I am the bad boy of podcasting. So, uh, <laughs> Look, I'm not I'm not saying anything controversial here, but if if Mrs. Voorhees showed up and said I'm the killer, Mrs. Voorhees, Betsy Palmer, fifty four years old, five foot one, I'm like, Oh, that's great. I'm gonna knock your ass out. Yeah. And you know, it's like, Oh my god, I can so kick your fucking ass all over this fucking cabin. And you know. And that's the thing though, because like if this was a competent movie and not trying to frame it as a whodunit and you did show, because look, mama bears are scary. You can make, you know, uh, a woman serial killer and make it scary, but you have to show the action, you know, and not like a out of the blue. Oh, it's this woman who's a, who's a member of AARP killing people. And for that to be scary, you know, like, Get the fuck out of here. I mean, yeah. So I think, uh, I think we're at that point, like we're, we're about to wrap this up. So I would, I, I just want Josh to go last on the ratings just because I feel like his is going to be so much better than ours when we talk about it. No, no, probably not. No. Yeah. No, I, I've, I've, I've expounded a lot of what, uh, my problems with this movie is. No, it's still a recap. I just want to, I just want your rating to be last. I, I, it's, it's almost like waiting. It's going to be worth the wait in my mind. So don't Oh, God. That's too much pressure on me. But adding pressure on somebody is great. And I say, as right before we give our ratings, Daniel, can we get a little Daniel adds his two cents in? Oh, yes. Some cents. You want some cents, Josh? I want your two cents. cents. Daniel catches in his two cents. Sorry. I got the own bit Remember the Yeah. I was going to say, remember the name of your bit, damn it. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, 
All right. Uh, Marcy gets finished taking a shit, and while trying to wash her hands, hears something. She thinks it's Ned, so she investigates. It's not Ned. It's someone with an axe, and she's she gets it to the face. The wind blows, opens the door, and ruins Monopoly. Just when it was getting good, they say. Brenda goes to close her cabin windows because it's rainy and calls it a night. Steve had to be dropped off because the cop was called to a wreck. When he arrives to the camp, he met he's met by someone who hands him a fr- what? Who handles a flashlight like oh shit, okay, hold on. <laughs> mark this because I want you to fix it. All right? No, you keep this no, in. Not no. no, mark it for real, for real, for real, because I like this joke and I wish I had to mark these up. Oh, okay, okay. I'm gonna restart that whole block, all right? Okay. Steve has to be dropped off early because the cop is called to a wreck. When he arrives to the camp, he's met by someone who handles a flashlight like a fucking asshole. He seems friendly to the person, but then is stabbed in the gut or nut checked. It's not very clear what happens. <laughs> All right. She says it's his B day and she attacks Alice because she wants a better gift to give your dead son than a pile of bodies on his B day. <laughs> <laughs> Alice hits her with a fire poker and runs to the Jeep, but freaks out and runs into the house because Arnie, Amy's cor- uh, corpse was in the Jeep. Pamela chases after. Steve's body falls down from hanging in a tree at the perfect time as she is running by. She wakes up in a hospital bed and tells them about being pulled into the lake by Jason. They don't believe her. She says then he's still out there and... We end. All right, Daniel. Yes. Let's segue into your rating there. Um, my rating for this movie. And final thoughts. And final thoughts. Like I said, for me, man, Jason's always been there, right? He's always been there. So the franchise is. But Jason's kind of, not he here. Always existed. Well, no, I know Jason's not in this one. I'm talking about the franchise. That's what I was saying. Mm -hmm. The franchise has always existed for me, you know? So whenever I look back, this one's not one of the first ones that jumps in. It's like, I want to watch it like on Friday the 13th, right? That's something I've always done. It's like, I want to at least watch one Friday the 13th movie, you know, make the day, the random day fun. Uh, and it's rarely one. It's rarely the first one. Uh, it's the beginning of a beautiful franchise. But man, it does. You can tell that they didn't really give a shit in some places, you know? And it does suck because it takes away that they got cut so much on the killing and the gore, uh, which we will see a lot more in the future. But for me, on this one here, they had a lot of faults. Um, I still enjoyed a lot of the things like some of the kills and the uh, special effects there, they did very well. Um, I still think it's a fun movie. There is some bland spots in there, but my rating on it is going to be a three. Hmm. Interesting. Thank you. <laughs> Man. Bone, what are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bone. Um, it's a movie. Bone, what are your thoughts? I'm, I'm getting to it. It's a movie. It's a movie. <laughs> that should have been the poster. Yeah. Friday the 13th. It's a movie. Can I get a check now? You know, it's like Daniel said, you know, 
Jason's always been there, but I don't know that Pamela Voorhees had to be there. Yeah. In in that first movie. And it's not a knock on Betsy Palmer. You know, she did fine with what she was given. It's just that the the ride to get to the reveal doesn't make sense. It's a, it's a movie that's saved by special effects. It's saved by soundtrack. You know, it gave us Kevin Bacon, I guess. <clears throat> it, and Kevin Bacon's bacon. And you know, it's there's a it's Thank ninety you. it's ninety five minutes long, and there's a lot of wasted motion in the movie. It's ninety five minutes. It feels like an eternity. Uh, the direction isn't great, and this is something I actually went back and checked on. So when you look at like Sean Cunningham's movies that he rated and I use Rotten Tomatoes because for some reason IMDB is generous to Sean Cunningham more mm. generous than what Rotten Tomatoes is and usually it's the other way around um, his I think his best movie after that was like a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes and like I said Deep Star 6 has like a 9 and these other movies that he made I mean he's done fine as a producer when he wasn't you know the man behind the camera because he produced House and I think that was a Steve Miner movie, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. yeah. And it's been a while since I've watched House, but I remember enjoying House. But just think if Steve, uh, if it wasn't Steve Miner directing and it was, you know, Cunningham. I don't even know that there would be a house in that movie. It would just be called House. There wouldn't be a second story. No, not at all. I promise you that. So, you know, it's a movie that's saved by the special effects. Uh, the screenplay, aside from the reveal is paint by numbers. And, and I mean, like when I say paint by numbers, I don't mean like a, one of those ones that has like a lot of numbers to paint. I'm talking about like a preschool paint by numbers where there's three fucking numbers. It's very, <laughs> very fucking remedial. And then the reveal that doesn't make any sense. You know, it's, Oh, what the fuck happened? The main contribution that the, the movie makes to fucking cinema is the fact that you get Jason Voorhees out of it. If you didn't have the other movies that followed this up, then do you even care about this movie? And the answer is probably no. Like it just gets it get lost. I think I, that, I agree that I think that it probably would get lost if it didn't have the time. I think yeah. that there would be a, a deep a deep fan base. It's like oh man, that Friday the Thirteenth that was a good one, but it wouldn't be. A lot of people would forget about that one. I agree. With it that. would be a movie that gets played if it wasn't for. If it wasn't for the the following movies and the Jason Voorhees character, it would be the type of movie that gets played on a Monster Vision or yeah, uh, the uh, like Elvira or something that people only talk about after it shows up on there because they did it, and then it's like, oh yeah, I remember that movie, and you know, and you know, it gets brought back to the forefront then. Yeah, but without, definitely a B movie though. It, Shit. I see movie because without, like I said, without Vor- Jason Voorhees coming afterwards and without the special effects in this movie, like if it wasn't for the special effects and if it wasn't for the soundtrack, I'd give this bitch like half a star. Um, like you said, not a movie I go back and watch really. And when yeah. I do, if I'm going to do like a marathon of Friday the 13th movies, which I'll do, I start at two and yep. then I have a cutoff point and we'll probably talk about that in a wrap up. So I don't want to give all that away, but yeah, I don't start at one. I mean, I've, I've watched it twice in like the last year or two. And one was for this podcast, one for this episode and one, because I got this set from a shop factory. And so I was like, well, let me check it out because that was a 
like a 2K restoration, and I just wanted to see it and see how it looked. But, I mean, I'm not going to be like, oh, man, let me fucking watch Friday the 13th. There's hundreds of movies that I'll go to before this movie. Man, I would... Uh, I originally said two and a half stars, but I think I'm going to pull back on that and say two stars. It's the weakest out of the four, out of the, the starting points of the four franchises, and it's not even close. Because when you talk, like you're talking about, and I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but you're talking about four movies, the three of which are classics. Yeah. And then one of which gives you a classic character, but the first movie itself is an entry point. Is just, it's whatever. It's, 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 I, it, and I don't mean to make it sound like I hate the movie. I don't hate it, but when I'm looking at it from the standpoint of this movie being made and the acting, the directing, and all this, you know, it's just not good. And it's okay to like bad movies. There's plenty of bad movies I like. I love Shocker. We've talked about that. But not a good movie. Is it fun to watch? Sure. But not a good movie. Two stars. It's it's funny you say that because you're talking about, like, um, out of these first four, it's the weakest by far. And it's, in, in my head, I was going, okay, well, let's count the first two from each franchises. Um, to me, Friday 13th is still the weakest. It's, yeah. Let's go Let's go to three. Let's go to all the part threes. And it's like, well, I haven't seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre part three in a while, but Halloween three, it's weaker. Nightmare on Elm Street, it's weaker. You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, Friday 13th three, you know, we'll eventually get there. I have... You know, I, it's it's far worse than Friday 13th well, Part the, 3, in my it's opinion. It's the only movie in the series that where the original is weaker than the next three movies that follow it. Yeah, I, was gonna say I, I would go even further than that for me, but I know what you're saying. Uh, what I was going to say was, for me, uh interesting tidbit, in my opinion, whenever it comes to the first four, I agree, weakest, but... One sequel later, like out of all the uh, twos, to me, part two, part two is fucking awesome. I love part two. Well, that's not what he like, was saying. I love he was Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. He was talking. No, about, no, no. He was talking about Friday the Thirteenth Part One being weaker than Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, Texas Chainsaw Two, Halloween Two. Yes, I know. Oh, okay. But what I was saying was like Friday the Thirteenth. Yes, that was. The, I know that's what I was saying. What my take on. Uh, what I had thought is is that, yeah, it is the weakest in the part ones, but then whenever you look at all the twos, it's the strongest. So it did have the best bounce back. You know what I mean? Like the oh, second oh, movie oh, is better oh, yes, by yes. far, because two is we, fucking awesome. We will get to part two. I can't wait we, for two. I think, I think we're, it's going to be a love fest for part two well, from all have, three of us. You have no choice but to have the biggest bounce back. because Yeah, oh, I know, right? I mean, I have, get it. Why? But it's good that they had that strong bounce back. It's like, let's get this fucking thing on track. We're one behind mm. already. Yeah. 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 And and for me, you know, just the score right up front, I am going to give it two, like you, Bone. I, you know, we had we kind of glossed over Manfredini in this podcast because we Manfredini, talked about a bunch of stuff that sucked. Yeah, yeah, we did. We didn't really highlight too much, but Manfredini, he brought his fucking a game. Now that being said, there are moments in this score that feel like he's sort of taking a little bit from Psycho and taking a little bit from John Williams' Jaws. But when the when when his score kicks in, it's like this crescendo, and it's like, yeah. why are you working so hard, Manfredini, on this shit script? But God yeah. bless you. Yeah. Because you're bringing something that 
isn't there on the fucking pages. That's literally and, the only suspense in the movie is his music. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know, that builds you up and settles you oh, down yeah. and lets you know when something might be happening. Yeah, it's you not know, written even in the script. The, even when the killer, you know you're looking through the killer's eyes with the you know classic Jason noise, you know? Mm-hmm. But and then, yeah, that's when you splice that in there. <laughs> Editing. And, and then the other star goes to Savini, who's a rock star. And after this movie, he's a well, I guess Dawn of the Dead. He's sort of oh yeah, was- he's a rock star, and this just cements him. And um, well, he was also Sex Machine, so you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Watch that last the uh, last like I think last month. And you know what they contribute to this low budget. D D minus script from a guy who is only making movies to make money. And Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, get yours, but it's so obvious Cunningham only got into the business to make money, not to make art. And it's, it's when you put out an ad for a movie that you haven't even written, it's that's fucking written. Just, plainest day that you were you're not in this to make a a good movie you're making this movie to make a quick buck and it's obvious with the script with the direction i mean i've i've never seen a movie that was a a murder mystery who done it that never introduced the the antagonist you just don't see that shit cuz it's just they don't teach I mean, that's just bad script writing. Yeah. And you're left with this movie that a lot of people think is groundbreaking and then is a classic. And then it's just mind boggling to me because it, it brought nothing to the genre besides Savini and God bless Manfredini. He never really, I mean, this is really all he's known for, right? It shouldn't be. Um, but and this movie's just, yeah, if it wasn't for part two, man, it's like Bone was saying, this shit would be on Monster Vision. Like, this, nobody would remember this. They would remember it for Savini's work. Yeah. You know, like those hardcore Fangoria fans, God bless yeah. them, they would know it because they'd be like, man, it's like when we get to part two, there's a scene that they sort of steal, uh, maybe they knew about it, maybe they didn't, but like a movie. They steal a death scene from Twitch of the Death Nerve, which is a movie I've never seen. But if you talk to some like hardcore moviegoers, you know, they would know Twitch of the Death Nerve. And I think that's where Friday 13th would probably fall. Like, oh, yeah. have you seen Friday 13th? Yeah. But now it's, I, I don't know. I've heard and, a lot of people like praise this movie and it just, it, it baffles me. I think, and it's, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, and it's really crazy because think about it. The way this movie came is they're like, hey, we need a competition movie for Halloween. We need to make a movie like that because that made money. We want our own Halloween. Here you go. This is what you need to do. Here's your time frame and here's your money. There you go. Make a movie. All right. And then you make a movie where it's this old lady and then you chop her fucking head off. Like already right there, that's crazy as shit. You know <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's bad planning like you too. You have a fucking killer that is something more than just a killer. You know what I mean? Like a psychopath, 
and then you <clears throat> can't kill him in the end. So where is he? He's somewhere, and he's gonna keep on fucking killing. So there's that potential for that sequel. And they were already thinking about a sequel in the back of their minds. That's why they set up Jason yeah. with the whole fucking, oh, man, what? Or, or whatever. You know, that they, they wanted to put Jason in there. Some of them didn't want it, whatever. But it's just crazy because you already ended your fucking f- serial killer franchise with chopping his head off. Like, they really didn't think very... They didn't think it through too much. Like I said, it's, they were definitely just trying to make it. Was it was a cash grab. Yeah. That's all it was. So what I was going to say is a couple things. First off, I don't want to make it sound like we're knocking Monster Vision or anything like that. But the whole point of that when we when we said that was because I know that Friday the 13th has been on there. They've done a marathon on Monster Vision. But I was talking about it would be like one of those deep cuts. If yeah, the ones that are at four in the morning. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. And then I think part of it, too, when you were talking about you know people getting all up in uh, Friday the 13th's ass – is something that's just human nature. We want to, you know, appear smarter than we are maybe, or try to see things that aren't there so we can look cooler than we are or something. I don't know. And so it's like, Oh yeah. Friday the 13th, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, no, it's, it's cool. You can admit it to yourself. Like it gave you Jason Voorhees. It gave us a franchise, but the movie itself, not that great. You know, it's, it's not some hidden gem. We're not, it's not, you know, you're not going to appear smarter because you, you, out of like your, all your friends really love Friday the 13th. Um, and the other thing, and I guess what's so maddening, maddening about this movie for me is just the way it always seemed like, you know, Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham were so quick to pat themselves on the fucking back. Oh, like so they, quick. Like they created a masterpiece when, like I said, you're, the best thing that come out of this movie was the character of Jason Voorhees, and that didn't, and that wasn't you guys. That was yeah. just a, you didn't a even kid want a, Jason in there. Yeah, Sean didn't want that scene it's, in there, right? Yeah, it, yeah. It was just a kid in a lake, you know, for you guys, and y'all are so quick to pat yourselves on the back about how great Friday Thirteenth is, but Friday Thirteenth Part One isn't that great. It's not like it's not the movie that people talk about when they talk about the series. They don't talk about what happened in a the movie. They always talk about Jason. They talk about the subsequent movies. They talk That's about the right. final chapter. They talk about Jason lives. They talk about part two. They talk about part three. Yeah. They're not fucking no talking about Pamela Voorhees. No, but they haven't the, spoke another word of Pamela Voorhees until fucking 1996. The, yeah. The best, the out. best use of Pamela Voorhees was in part two. Yeah. No, look, put your money where your mouth is. Whoever owns the rights. Now, if you remake this movie, Go Pamela Voorhees and see I, what the box office numbers look like. Well, no, exactly. And yeah. when they did the remake, they fucking glossed over that shit. There wasn't no Pamela. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to re- reboot the franchise. Let's start with Pamela Voorhees. No, they knew what the fucking franchise was. It's Jason. Let's get right to that. Yeah, we'll put yep. in a little backstory, but this is the this is what this franchise gave to us. This is the main point. But like I said, these two guys are so quick to fucking pat themselves on the back about everything they did that's great. And, you'd, and you'd dismiss Jason at the same time. Exactly. And, and yeah, dismiss Jason. Victor Miller didn't care about Jason. He's repeatedly said, Jason wasn't nobody in my script. He was just a boy that drowned. And Sean Cunningham has repeatedly tried to get Jason out of the fucking movies and get him out of the hockey mask. But yet, yeah. we're there to take credit for something. <clears throat> I mean, I feel like I'm being generous with two stars, honestly. When I rate this movie, because this movie isn't anything. And when you were talking about Monster Vision, here's a good, um, 
And it, and it's not a good uh, comparison because the movies are different. But it would be a movie sort of like Blood Rage, if yeah. you ever saw that, which is a infinitely better script because it is a twist, you know, um, and it's got good special effects. But it'd be remembered like Blood Rage. And sadly, Blood Rage should be remembered more fondly than Friday the 13th because it's a better movie. But yeah, it's no slight towards Monster Vision. I love this. I love. I just hate that this movie's remembered so fucking fondly. And I hate the fucking creators. It's yeah, it's a, funny because I don't think that Monster Vision hearing this would be like, hey, they're hating on us. Y'all are just really, really giving it to Friday the 13th. But. I mean, I don't think that they would think that. Yeah, its position is elevated because of everything that came after it in the franchise. Yeah, just yeah. like I was saying about the B yeah. movie thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't trying to whatever. I yeah. just thought yeah. that that might have been about how you because that's what I always looked at. Was like, oh, the you know, these no, I get what you, I get what you're saying. I was I just wanted to say it was a C movie because, like I said, as yeah. a standalone movie, it might be a deep cut that somebody talks about and be like, "Oh yeah, have you seen this movie? It's not the best, but it has some cool special effects." Um. Like I said, if it didn't, if you didn't have part two through whatever, it wouldn't be in this fucking category. We wouldn't be talking about it right now. Shout like you, Factory wouldn't be releasing a Friday Thirteenth exactly. Blu-ray. If we were, if we were only covering part one of each of these franchises, and we were just talking about like the starting points of some iconic franchises, or if they were all just standalone movies, if there was never a Chainsaw Two, if a Nightmare Two, Halloween Two. Oh, we wouldn't even Friday thirteenth. Exactly. That's the point I was getting to. Yeah, yeah. you wouldn't talk about Friday thirteenth because nobody fucking cared. We would insert a different movie in this spot. You know, we we would talk about child's play or something. I don't oh, know. I was just about to say child's play. That's uh, that's funny. It wouldn't be fucking Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. Like I said, it's everything that came after. Like that's even right. even the steam and polish shit that is Jason goes to hell. At least there's something to talk about there. there i mean it's not good but there's ideas yeah this movie has no ideas yeah no and yeah exactly so there you go i mean it, i mean two stars I, but it sounds like we're giving it a half a star I, honestly. I appreciate it as a starting point but like i said it's not a movie that i regularly fucking watch it's not a movie i go out of my way to watch like i said i'll watch two through you know seven in a heartbeat but you know and I'll watch, you know, all that. I mean, like, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about it enough. What's the next movie in the list that for it's, this it's, series? It's either Halloween 2 or Friday 2. I, they I, both I, came I, out in 1981, but I'd they did. to see when they came released. And get them released. I think it's Friday. I, have I think two. it's Friday. Yeah, I have part I think two, it's, and then it's going to be Halloween 2. Because I think Halloween was trying for that Halloween kind of release date which would make yeah. sense yeah it's funny though because the no other movie pisses me off like this movie maybe freddy's dead but on this podcast until we get to scream you won't see me this heated about a movie though <laughs> i mean and we'll get to scream five and then yeah i have a lot you know i'll spill the beans on that but but yeah i don't know it it this movie leaves a bad taste in my mouth only because of the creators and their and how much money they've made from this franchise mm-hmm. too. To be so dismissive, like that kind of blows my mind. Yeah, yeah exactly. Seriously. You want to take a bunch about them holding up another movie. They're going to get something out of it. 
Yeah, and don't act like it's artistic integrity because neither of you fuckers have it. Exactly. But but you're you're so quick to take all this credit, but then like Josh said, but you're so quick to dismiss the thing that got you this credit. Because once again, nobody fucking talks about Friday the 13th without Jason Voorhees. To get you these mansions that you live in. To give you you something to have a lawsuit over. And it's funny because all this is is a money grab anyway. That's all it is. Eventually they're going to work it out there. Somebody's going to reach a number that the other one's okay with. Well, I think that's that's all this podcast is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So, hey, so but Friday the thir- uh, 13th part two is next, and I'm very excited for that. Oh, one. yeah. I really fucking like part two. Like I said, that's going to be well, a love fest. Well, now we don't even need to have the episode. You just uh, give away your thoughts. I Daniel really it, loves I it. Print it. Give it I'm my just gonna, sixth star I'm, review. I'm going to splice that and just make the second episode Daniel loves Friday the 13th part two. Bam. Quick listen. Yep. But anyways, uh, that's it for this episode. You know, uh, we appreciate everybody listening this first year. Uh, hopefully we do better the second year. Um, don't let us discourage you from watching Friday the 13th, though, even though we beat the shit out of this motherfucker. <laughs> oh, we we hung this motherfucker out to dry. You know, once again, it's okay to like bad movies. Um, but I also think that you know, we need to be able to acknowledge when movies are bad. <laughs> that's right. But anyways, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs>